Nerds International proudly presents Coming at you live from the Court of Chaos, it's me, Nick Lamley Lamflice, and me, Harrison Hunt, aka Nazubu the Fearless. <laughs> and we are the Tabletop Twats. Yes, we are. So today we've got a, a big show for you today. The, no, we've got, we've got the big show. He's come on as a guest. <laughs> we um, couldn't get him in the flat though, so he's actually hello. standing outside for a chat in front of the window. Hello. <laughs> big show. Yes? Um, It's not going to work, mate. We're not going to get you in here. Oh, oh, oh. It's very cold out here. There's a Burger King down the road. I didn't know Big Show was English. Neither did I. And I didn't know he got so cold in the summer. Can you chuck me a sandwich? Uh, sure. Ham? I'm a vegan! Oh, great. Oh, for fuck's oh, sake. God. Vegans are everywhere, mate. <laughs> Vegans are everywhere. Just close the window, Nick. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. There we go. We can't hear him now. Okay, so we've got no big show. Shut up. We've got no big show, but we've got a big show. We've got show. a big show. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is an RPG podcast all about tabletop RPGs. Certainly is. And we've got what you've been slaying, where we talk about what we've been playing. We've got the main subject, which this time is going to be the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles oh RPG. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and we've got the game design guys, Woo. Chamber of Challenges. We've got a competition where we're going to be giving away some very good prizes. Nice. And we've got Electro Letters and, of course, the award-winning, death-defying outro. It, yes. It, they tried to kill it, but it wouldn't stay down. It wouldn't stay down, no. So, um, let's get on with it, motherfuckers. Oi! Yeah? What you slaying? So this is what you've been saying, where we talk about what we've been playing. It's very clever. Super clever pun on words. It's a pun on words. So, first off, let's talk about Bubblegum Crisis. Yeah. What's going on with that, Nick? Wow. <laughs> what an episode. It's been crazy. It has been crazy. It's pretty brutal, but I'm not sure if it's because the... The game's incredibly brutal, or we're playing it incredibly brutally. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it did get... I think it's somewhere in between. I think the game is realistic. I, yeah. I don't want to say it's brutal, but it's realistic, because... When... The whole hospital thing, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, basically, this is a cyberpunk game set in a futuristic Japan, and... Uh... Yeah, the guys at the moment, um, they're trying to track down these kind of... Um, there's basically these helper robots that are going rogue and killing people called boomers. Mm-hmm. And the guys are trying to track... They're trying to capture one. Mm-hmm. And there was reports of one on a highway. Um, there was a transforming one that could transform into a car. Yeah. And there was... Wiping re- out biker gangs. Wiping out biker gangs. Yeah. So these guys were trying to capture one. Mm-hmm. Now, they'd done a l- little bit of research, a little bit of recon, and they'd encountered it once before. And whilst they were on the highway... Um, they'd seen it, and then they were just trying to uh, basically sell uh, their company. Yeah, because we were, so we got threatened by this by basically the um, the head of Genom. Uh, he's and like he, a mega corporation. Yeah, it's a mega corporation. He's like a multi-billionaire, um, corrupt organization kind of you know leader, and he's so he's he's after us. So we and we he basically up. called you guys up and was just like, <laughs> yeah. "Well, I know where you work." So they were trying to relocate yeah. to a new location. Our our plan was that the the underwear shop that they, that our boss originally owned was destroyed. So we thought we'd uh, we'd we'd have a ruse uh, of a shot like a fake shop prop. Well, no, it's a real shop, but it's more of a guise, so we could keep our, you know, our, our operations undercover. Mm-hmm. So we created a phone shop, and then our idea was to open 
a second shop and say that the original business had moved. So if Genom did come after us, they would look there and it, you know, uh, yeah, they go to the original location mm-hmm. and just go, well, okay, she's obviously sold it, sold the building to somebody else. She's yeah. not here. So we was like, right, so let's get a building that's not too far away, ideally somewhere that we can actually view our other business and either way that we can, you know, we've got a vantage point on both. So we went down and walked into the, it was a bit of a, um, hipster coffee shop wasn't it yeah it was called avo coffee avo it, was, it, was, it was like a picture of an avocado that looked like a, cu- a, a coffee cup. made me so angry <laughs> Sorry. it was an avocado with a cup handle coming out the side it was the most hipster thing i could come up with on short notice uh, so we went in there um and well we tried first of all um civilized yeah you tried way. Civilized, <laughs> way, but civilized way it was, it was so funny because peter's uh, everyone was like going in uh, just no, it was first of all James's character went in, Chad, and he was just like, yo, hey, baby, what's going on? And, the, let me buy the shop. And then he just, yeah, just suddenly <laughs> went, let me buy the shop. You want to say shop? Let me buy the shop. Yeah, and it was like crazy. And then Peter's character came in, he was a bit of a nutter psychopath guy, and he was just like... Kind of leaned in, didn't he? And he just leaned went, in went, just tell me the fucking shopper, I'm going to stab you. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine, but I just need to call the owner. And then she just picks up the phone and was like... Police? Oh, yeah, police. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. just called the police immediately. And obviously it started popping off. Even though a couple of the ca- a couple of the characters are policemen, well, what happened was is that the police turned up and um, and just as she was on the phone, uh, Sean's character Harvey um, decided to shoot the phone out of her. Yeah, head. he wanted to shut down the situation straight away, so he whipped his pistol out and just shot the phone out of her hands. But obviously, shots fired. Yeah, that was it. The police didn't think twice. Um, they shot first, acted second. So, well, no, as- they they turned turned up and did say everyone get on the ground. Oh, that's true. Yeah, and then and then nobody did. Harvey just talked. <laughs> he, he was just. A- oh, they were trying to pretend to work in the coffee shop, weren't they? Yeah, they was like, right. Let's get behind the counter, start brewing some coffee. And then the police turned up and just went, get everybody get on the ground. And Harvey's Harvey's like, well, actually, you gotta listen to me, guy, because and he's like, no, get on the ground. <laughs> well, actually, man. And then and then Look, it was man. just like, well, roll initiative. Yeah, you didn't and, get on the ground. Yeah. And so this brutal gunfight happened. Oh, man, automatic weapon fire ensued. Yeah, and basically, yeah, guns do realistic damage in yeah, this game. Absolutely. If you're not wearing armour, you're fucked. And, um, and so was Juntao. Uh, Juntao, yeah. Juntao, sorry. Yeah, yeah. racist. Went, um, but yeah, he, he went down. He died, man. One yeah. of, what Peter's character, Juntao, died. And then, um, yeah, then the one one of the highlights of the fight was, of course, um, Gerard, who is a Frenchman. Oh, my God, yeah. He's, he's sort of a French um, anarchy uh, guy. Yeah. Anarchy guy. I believe they call them anarchists. Anarchy guy. I'm a, I'm a kind of anarchy guy, you know. Come <laughs> <laughs> on, anarchy guy. Yeah. Um, he started... He was throwing people because he's got this move called martial throw, throw, where basically um, you throw somebody and then their initiative changes. They 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 can't act until after you uh, next round. That's right. Yeah, they were before you previously. And he was chucking people left, right, centre. He was right, a mean mother chucker, wasn't he? He was. Everyone else bailed, and it was just him in the coffee shop launching like policeman after policeman I with think this martial throw. Pretty much all of them. Yep. And then uh, the Riz, one of the other characters who wasn't there at the beginning of this, <laughs> turned up and just sees this gunfight. Happening. He was on his lunch break. Wasn't he it? was on his lunch break. He throws a ham sandwich at one of the policemen. He <laughs> squidged to his visor. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy, but this whole gunfight ensued, and everyone was completely battered. Oh now, man. This is one of the interesting things about Bubblegum Cry is the way healing works yeah. right so you can heal stun damage by resting that makes mm-hmm. sense because all you've done is you've taken a blow to the head or you've got a few bruises and mm. things like this but you can't heal bullet wounds 
at by or, or stab wounds or anything like that mm-hmm. by anything other than surgery. Yep. If you take hit point damage, you need to go to the hospital mm-hmm. and you have to spend a day in hospital. And, and 30,000 yen. And 30,000 yen for a day in hospital. Mm-hmm. So that is uh, the equivalent in any other game would be uh, 300 gold, pe- gold so just pieces that, or, or that, $300. And it's not your full hit points that you restore. You will restore an amount... Uh, that's predetermined your, yeah, yeah exactly. it's equal to your recovery score mm-hmm. so the point is is that um, if you've got a low constitution that mm. means that a day in hospital isn't going to do you much but James gets three points yeah because the, the idea is is that his body's not actually that good at recovering itself yeah. so a day in hospital realistically only gives him three hit points back mm-hmm. so he might have taken 18 damage during that fight and only get three hit points back by missing out on a whole day of gameplay <laughs> I mean it's crazy yeah. but it kind of makes sense yeah. because you, you the, a day is what it takes because because you've just had surgery and have to rest up in the bed for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, 30,000 yen is a reasonable price for that. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's even on the low side well, yeah. for taking bullets out and then yeah. stitching up. And then, especially when it's this kind of dystopian future where, you know, healthcare would cost a lot. Considering though. how e- expensive everything else exactly. is. Exactly. I mean, so it makes yeah. sense, doesn't it? And, but then you've got a tough guy like Gerard who, who um, his recovery score is much higher it's because like, yeah, he's, like he's built like, like a brick shithouse. Exactly. He re- recovers 18 hit points for every day. He's built to recover. So that was what was quite interesting because mm-hmm. everyone was so unbelievably battered <laughs> that when it finally came to getting on the highway and getting this car back, James's character, Chad... He didn't even come. He, he couldn't come. <laughs> he couldn't he just, come. He, just, he had one hit point. He it wasn't just worth coming because he would die. Exactly. We'd have one speed bump, he'd bounce up and down in the back of the lorry and that'd be him gone. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I pretty much, yeah, they, they, they chased this car down and they realised that it was, this guy has basically made this amazing, gigantic, like, beast of a monster like a Frankenstein boomer, wasn't it? Yeah, it's called the Cyber Monster Griffin in, in, the, in the book. So... <laughs> Um, it was amazing. He's made this Frankenstein car by melting down parts of boomers and making yep. it into this car. And he was using like some sort of um, uh, like mind link headset to drive it so that yeah. he could have better reaction times and things like this. And it kind of went wrong and started possessing him. And then the car turned on you because it still had some of the sentience from when it was uh, when it was a robot. Yeah, like the robot parts started. Fighting hit the drive, fighting back against the driver, it lost control. Started like it was, it was crazy, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it's like a cybernetic helmet on that was attached to, well, the car. Yeah, so yeah. it was weird. And your truck got destroyed. Oh, and man. his girlfriend was in the passenger seat as well. And she we rescued got, her. Luckily, rescued her, but he died because he was trying to open fire on you guys, yeah, and you had to kill him. his head off. Yeah. And your boss died, and now you've got the car oh, back God, to your yeah. garage. But like that's basically where we left it. it was yeah, pretty, pretty amazing. It but, was really, really, really good, man. We got yeah. So we've actually well, we sab- we lost the truck, but got the car. Uh, and lost our boss, unfortunately, which was really sad. Like really you said, sad the game is brutal, yeah. but it's I'd say it's realistic. I don't, anything. I like it. It goes for a realistic de- in terms of damage, and, and I quite like that. Yeah, I'm enjoying like the fuck- damage, man. Yes, yeah. you know what I mean? It's it's, it's good. It's, it's a very good game. I'm, I'm very enjoying the hell enjoying out of it. it. Yeah, me too. David, you're in a rocky cavern. You're standing on the edge of a chasm, right? So don't move. Okay, so next up is Gen Lab Alpha. Yeah, we had a double whammy this week, didn't we? Yeah. So we've been playing. Uh, we've, we're doing two campaigns at the moment. Nick's mm-hmm. running one of Gen Lab Alpha. Yep. Nick. Yeah. So it's bloody good, isn't it? I, yeah, I'm really enjoying it, mate. Really, really enjoying it. The guys are getting to play like mutated animals. Um, they, they've joined the resistance now. And they're fighting back against their robot uh, captors. So the whole uh, the whole um, premise of episode two was that they had to hatch their plan to break into the dog territory called the den and steal uh, any MP rifle. Oh yeah. 
Um, and so they had to hatch a plan to do it, and they decided that, well, first of all, you, we've got to go for the prisoner prisoner go, wasn't you? Yeah, we were going to try and get one of our, our dog, well, not friends, but this dog that we know <laughs> to take us in there and sort of get him to pretend that we... Had been being naughty, and they were and being he, turned we were into the watchers, yeah. But then we we found out that there was a, a market in there that's open mm-hmm. during the day, so that we knew that we could just get inside the walls just by strolling in there. Yep. So that's what we did. Mm-hmm. And like, um, yeah, we basically got in. Was that for you? Because you knew that all weapons have to be checked in at the gate. So you took all the weapons and went around the back and then leaped over yeah. uh, once the everybody else who didn't have any weapons could walk in completely legally and not raise any kind of attention to them or yeah, whatever. Yeah, we agreed on like a point at the wall where mm-hmm. we would meet. But the best the thing was... Oh, the, yeah, the best thing was... The best thing was we we sort of said, all right, so what we'll do is we'll, we'll agree on a point at the wall where we should meet and then we'll give a signal and then and then I'll leap over using my frog jump ability, right? Yeah. And then when I got... When we both got to the wall, right, we were both in position, no guards are about and then... Uh, Nick was like right you're going to give the signal and then me, James and I realised that we hadn't actually agreed on a signal and so um, James James was like oh, oh, oh. <laughs> he had to roll you had to roll to see if you would yeah, distinguish I, it yeah, I had to, James is I had to roll something well <laughs> yeah and I knew it was his signal yeah. and then I went ah, back and then <laughs> he leaped over with leapt weapons. over get everyone their weapons yep. and yeah we hid them all down our trousers and stuff like this and then and then they charmed their way into the sh- the the scrap sh- uh, shack by um, you scavenged some a nice piece of metal, didn't you? And their guards were like, "Yeah, what are you going?" Yeah, because he this guy was after scrap, so mm-hmm. I got him a nice piece of metal, and it was like the it was like the blade of an old sword, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yeah. And I gave it to him, and when we got inside, we sort of we tried to smooth talk him into working for him. Thinking that was it. Yeah, we were thinking like, well, maybe this this if we if we knew the EMP rifle was somewhere in his hut, right? Mm-hmm. But so we thought if we work for him, gain his trust, you know, eventually we'll get close enough to him that we can get the EMP rifle and we'll get into his inner circle and then maybe he'll show it to us one day and we'll, we'll let him in. And then we just went, fuck that. Let's chuck hot coffee in his face and then kill <laughs> yeah, him. Let's go for it. Yeah. So because it was like, well, we could do this, but this will take literally weeks of gameplay. Yeah. So we were just like, let's kill him. You know, we didn't have any guns because you don't really have guns in general no. so so the point is is we did kill him semi-quietly it was mm-hmm. only over in a couple of rounds yeah com- no maybe like one round of combat done really well actually it was an incredible shot between the eyes knocked him out straight away with a sling wasn't it slingshot yeah mm. and then james uh killed his guard because yeah. he only had one guard inside so he'd already yeah. by- bypassed all the outside guards mm-hmm. so then all james had to do was lop off the guard's head with a machete and then that yeah. was pretty much it. He jumped out the back window, broke the window open and managed to sneak out the back. Well, all of you bar, unfortunately, your dog friend. He got caught on the escape. Fuck him. But yeah, they weren't too fast about that. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, and they luckily, yeah, they got out. They was able to get out. Because um, oh, you jumped over, right? Yeah, I jumped over and then James clomb out. Clomb over. Oh, clomb over. Yeah, he clomb over fence. Yeah. And, uh, and away they went, yeah. And that's pretty much, you bumped into, you met a couple of other resistance members that were keeping an eye on you to make sure the plan went to plan. Um, and now we're just walking back. And now again. you're on your way back to the helicopter to give the leader his EMP rifle. We did kind on. of want to like end the that, that episode of the campaign on a note where we'd get back to, yeah. to um, uh, Wildport, a uh, mm-hmm. uh, bear boss. And give him the EMP, but we couldn't because we were so shit at traversing our way back that we just Nick was like, right, let's let's conclude this, man. Give me one more roll, and we'll see how it goes. And then it was just like, um, yeah, we you roll terribly. He's like, come on, guys, give me one more roll. Let's see if you can do it. Let's and get then back we just to like, the helicopter. Yeah, well, we don't. Yeah, we don't. We <laughs> right, don't sit do down, have a sleep. And then we were just like, okay, well, we might as well end it there. See you later. <laughs> yeah. So far, I'm really enjoying Gen Lab. I I genuinely think it's. 
very good. The the dice system is um, extremely intuitive. Mm-hmm. I, I like the the way that you have different dice for skills, attributes, and gear. Yep. And then you sort of add them together, and you have to keep an eye on the different ones. Um, we're going to get that more into that when we do sort of a Gen Lab episode. Yeah. But um, yeah, you kind of have to have different colored D6 for each thing. Mm-hmm. That's which right. Yep. Brings us very nicely to our next point on the list that you yep. bought. I actually got the official dice. You sick motherfucker! Yeah, I thought I'd get a couple of packs so I could May throw. Have a look. Yeah, of course you yeah, can. So I could throw one set out to the to the table, and then I'll have another set behind my uh, my DM screen. You genius! Yeah, but uh, they're really nice actually. They're. Um, so it comes with five yellow base dice, five green skill dice, and five black gear dice. That's the one, yep. And the difference is, so on the, yeah, so on your base dice, there's a, the one is a different symbol, and it means something if you push a roll and then get them. And then also the same with your gear dice, the one on the gear dice is like a little explosion. Uh, and again, if you get one of them on a gear, when rolling gear, your gear can take damage. So it's quite pretty cool. Um, and yeah, for, like yellow, black, and green. So yeah, perfect for the game, obviously. And I thought I was... Uh, yeah, so they, these are these are labelled as Mutant Year Zero dice, but these are for use with Mutant Year Zero, Mutant Mechatron, Gen Lab, and Tales from the Loop. Tales from the Loop as well, exactly. So yeah, yeah they, these are really really handy. I mean, the thing is, you can keep an eye on it and know it yourself. Yeah, you can. You don't have to have. That's the beauty of this game. You don't have to have um, the special dice to play the game, but see, it is a little bit more that you do have to be a little bit more conscious of what dice you're see, rolling. I don't have a problem with remembering it. For mm-hmm. example, I know that you have to look out for ones on your gear dice because it can yeah. take damage and I know exactly. that you have to look out for ones on nice. attributes yep. because that's when, when crit fails come into exactly. it it's not that hard because I just know to look out for ones on blues mm-hmm. and uh, I use uh, greens for um, gears so exactly. I know to look out for it but I know that there's some players that, that are different that, that just like to um, just like to sit down and just be told what to roll exactly. and they might not like to put the extra effort in we have one player in particular in our group that we know doesn't listen to this yeah. podcast so yeah Ryan basically <laughs> we knew we knew that he was going to be a problem so we so yeah, we got some dice so, yeah so Nick was literally just like well I'll get I'll get these dice because yeah. it'll make it easier yeah. but no it's not a problem because a lot of people just they don't like to think about it they no, just like to just sit down and roleplay experience exactly and so I think these are if I can make it a bit easier for him as well and he doesn't have stress out these are really cool how yeah, much, how much were these uh, so it's £15 but then I don't think that's that bad because you are getting 15 dice so it's a pound of dice so basically a pound of dice and they're, yeah. they're like really nice ones I think well. they're pretty decent yeah so the yellow know. ones are skill those are base dice yeah so oh uh, base, uh, base sorry base dice yep so those are attributes uh huh okay right Re- yeah these are cool man mm-hmm. they've got little biohazard symbols on them yep very nice cool thanks mate and uh yeah. So we report next time on um, how the dice went down. Next we'll up, I want to talk very quickly about. Um, I went to ShakeOn. Yes. Which mate, was the Savage Worlds UK convention. Um, Nick was going to come with us, but unfortunately couldn't make it in the end. Mm-hmm. So um, I went up there with Manuel, Sam's, and Peter Beckett. Petey B, yeah. Petey B, uh, <laughs> the man with the D. So he, yeah, it was wicked. Uh, I'm not going to uh, go into too much detail, but I will say go and listen to The Wild Die because I made sort of an audio documentary yeah, on it. Good. And I would say go and listen to that because I, we go into much more detail out mm-hmm. on, uh, on like each setting that we played. Yep. It was a Savage Worlds convention. And yeah, I would say that out of all of the games that I played there, the ones that I enjoyed the most um, were, well, we, we played five games. Done well. So we played Solomon Kane, mm-hmm. and we followed that up with um, some Lost World, 
which cool. is like explorers with dinosaurs and shit like this. Excellent. Then Gobbo Pirates, which is Goblin <laughs> Pirates. Then we played Slipstream, uh, yep. but we played specifically Flash Gordon game cool. using Slipstream. And then uh, we ended it with some ETU, which is East Texas University. Mm-hmm. And out of all of it, I have to say that what the one that stuck with me and I was enamoured with the most um, was Gobbo Pirates. Gobbo but Pirates. that was a custom game that somebody had made. Second comes Solomon Kane, so I've ordered the book for that. Like so much you bought it. So you pay, I understand. Yeah, we went halves in it, so we, we're sort of sharing the book. Mm-hmm. So um, that's on its way, although it should have arrived yesterday, so I'm a bit worried about that. Ooh. Um, yeah so Shake On it was a fucking awesome convention and I would recommend anyone go to it next year when it's on and yep. go and listen to that episode of the Wild Die podcast I'll put a less, uh, I'll put a link in the description so yeah check it check it out mate check, check it lest you wreck it <laughs> yeah so additionally I bought Dungeon Crawl Classics oh boy now get ready because look at the size of this fucking thing <laughs> oh my god that's the biggest book I've ever seen it's ludicrous that's bigger than the um, 20th edition 20th anniversary Deadlands book that's huge it's, it's the biggest RPG book I own yeah that is absolutely massive so uh, yeah it's nice the artwork's fantastic mm-hmm. I will say one thing about it that I was a little bit disappointed about Go right on. if you read the quick start rules and you read the rules on the website and, and the description Mm-hmm. The way they describe it is is they describe it as um, AD&D with the bullshit stripped out. Okay. I don't think that's entirely true. <laughs> it is a crunchy game. A lot of simplicity in the way that you play it. Like, for example, combat's quite easy to do, to yeah. wrap your head around. Um, creating a character is unbelievably simple. Things like this. Mm-hmm. But there's little things in it that make it more complicated there's tables for loads of things for example every time you use a spell yeah. you roll on a table right so um, or that, magical backlash or something or... yeah um, exactly So, but it might do uh, also magical back good uh, back oh, good yes <laughs> So like, it has it has loads of different effects. Every okay. single spell has loads of different effects, but it means that you need to print out a bunch of shit every oh, time you want right. to gotcha. play a wizard. Yeah, which which makes it a great game. But I, I was thinking like this would be really great for you know. The art's incredible. It is amazing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, but really I was thinking good. this might be good for like one shots and things like this. But uh-huh. I'm starting to think maybe not. But if you, if you want a preparation light game, I don't know if this is it. Okay. Um, okay. Um, because we'll I think you need week, exactly. Well, yeah, we're playing <laughs> yeah. it next week, so yeah. I think that you need to do do printouts and things like this for for wizards, or 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 at least everyone needs to own a copy of the book. Yeah. If you want to avoid that, I think I'll just go out and get the copy. I think it's worth it. That's, do you know how much I paid for that? Oh, it's Goodman Games. <laughs> yeah, Goodman Games, who are awesome. a really cool company. Yeah. That was only £25, and really? the, yeah, and the amount that you get for it is ridiculous. It's, bra- is it bra- it's brand new as well, isn't it? And I've got here the adventure that we're playing got, next week. And it's got two ribbons in it. Two ribbons, man. Now, that might, might, may not seem like a lot, but that, uh, that's, I really like that. That's really so nice here's touch. the adventure we're playing next week. That is um, Intrigue at the Court of Chaos, oh, which man. is a level one adventure that takes place on a cosmic scale. Look at old mate here with uh, hands for a face. He's got hands for a face, so yeah, intrigue at the court. <laughs> and no hands, that's ironic. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, a dungeon called Classics, Intrigue at the Court of Chaos. I recommend everyone go and check that out because in, is just in this um, in Maybe this uh, in this game, you basically like um, you know it, it says that 
you don't have to wait till getting to 20th level to do things on a cosmic scale. And so this okay. is the first level of venture that is wow. that, that ramps it up really quickly. Nice. So yeah, it's it's brilliant. It looks really good and it looks nice. really fun. And yep. it, it, I will I'm looking forward to playing it. It's just that it's a bit more crunchy than they sort of make it seem on the website, but still less crunchy than AD&D. Exactly. So go. I am looking forward to playing it. So I can notice that art straight away. They, they look like good. We're from the um, How to Write Adventure book. Exactly. Awesome. Mate. Very very nice. Yep. Go out and check that out. It looks great. Beyond the Mountains of Madness. Wow, yeah, another. Look at the size of this. That's another stonkingly massive adventure. And it's in very, very good condition. Considering the only other copy I've ever seen of this looked like somebody had wiped their ass with it. Really? I mean, <laughs> yeah. don't you remember the guy at the um, the local unnamed game store that we we went down there once? So Nick and I have mentioned this on the podcast before. Our local game store. They they're very they're very rude and their customer they're elitist <laughs> their customer service is terrible. We once went in there and we were just saying that we were about to play a Call of Cthulhu game and he, oh, he showed yeah. us he showed us beyond the mountains of madness. The only one in the country. He was like, you can't find this for love nor money. And we we're like, is it for sale? And he's like, no. no. And we we're like, well, why are you showing us? So I've uh, I've got one actually, mates, and I got it for twenty quid. So and it's fuck a you. Condition in yours. Ah, I win. Oh my. I win goodness. at I win at Cthulhu. I win at four hundred and thirty-seven. Seven pages. <laughs> That's one. Yeah, it's a campaign, it's and it's split up campaign. into split up into chapters. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know why Savage Worlds thinks the plot point campaigns are uh, their idea, but there you go. Um, so, yeah, it looks really cool. Beyond the Mountains of Madness. Yes, mate. It's um, amazing. It does look very, very good. So, like well done. I got that off the Facebook group. The guy who sold this, um, actually, he did know what he was selling. Right. Um, he did say that he knows it's valuable, and he knows that he's selling it for a bargain basement price. But the point that he made was that he was trying to fix his car and he need he needed the money really quickly Quick and, and he knew that if he sold it for twenty quid it would go like that. So yeah. So he was right because as soon as I saw it, I was like, yes, please. Yeah. So yeah. Wow. That's that's an amazing what little fun, relic. What that's an fun. absolute classic yeah, of an adventure. It's amazing. Wicked. And the last thing what he wanted to slay was Nick from Sla- the, yeah from the Wild Times. Slayed myself. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. Not so really. Well, we don't need to go into details, but basically, uh, as people um, have been asking me uh, if we're doing tabletop twats anymore, because Nick has left the Wild Die podcast. Oh, sadly, have yes. Um, the answer is no. We're not doing tabletop twats anymore. <laughs> Shut up. Well, no, we are. We are. As of course, in, we are. As as evidenced by the fact that you're listening to us now. Yeah, of course. No, um, it was. Yeah, I have left the Wild Die. Unfortunately, I think I. Bit, bit, a little bit more off than I could chew um, from the RPG world. As much as I loved it, I didn't want to, uh, but I couldn't commit to it as much as I wanted to, and I did not want to let the show suffer. So it's completely amiable, and I didn't, yeah, I, you know, I didn't want the, I didn't want the wild diets because I love its bits. So obviously, I didn't want to. But yeah, I just didn't want the, the podcast to suffer because I do love it, and I would rather have, um, you know, given the opportunity to someone else. So yeah, so it's. Uh, it's all good. It's, it's all, all good. And all. this podcast is continuing. Absolutely. So to all the people that keep messaging me asking if we're continuing, yes. Of course we are. All right. And that's why we're starting a new website called Is Tabletop Twats Continuing? <laughs> and it's just going to have the word yes. On it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. So no, um, if, if that ever changes, just keep checking that website. If that changes <laughs> to no, then you'll know. Then you can send us a message. Yeah. Exactly. But no, I wish the wild diet all the luck in the world. And I'm obviously still be an avid listener. Thanks, so. mate. That's all right, buddy. And good luck to Manuel as well. Yes, he's now he's a new host on. Yeah, and well deserved, absolutely. So yeah, thanks, mate. All right, let's get on with the main subject because we've got a doozy for you this time, listeners. Yes, we have. Main subject. Main 
subject. Our main subject. Sewer surfing. Wise man say forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza. <laughs> Cowabunga dudes. Cowabunga dudes. You know what we're talking about today. Oh yeah. It's it holy is. guacamole. It is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and other strangeness. And this comes from Palladium RPG. Be very careful with that book, Nick. I am. It was in a plastic wrap. He's taken it out. <laughs> so there is a there is a very, very specific reason that we're talking about this today. And it is an absolute corker of a reason, right? And that we're going to get to right at the end, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to save the best bit about this book for last. And there is a reason for that. But this is a very strange one, right? Because you, you I don't know if you ever thought about doing a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles RPG or whatever. I can't say it's crossed my mind, but... Mm, exactly. And not to mention the fact that um, it's, it's weird that, that, like, Palladium, of all people, got the license for this because they were known for doing mostly bad RPGs. I don't so, know if at the time it was... What else of, are they credited to, Palladium? Uh, original Rifts. Oh, of course, yeah. And, of course, a lot of people didn't like that system, so, mm -hmm. so I don't know. Um, but let's get into it because this is a, this is a very interesting little relic, this one, and it I'm is. hoping that, that, that you guys will find it as interesting as I do. Um, but, yeah, so um, at the start of this game, it basically says that um, it's an expansion to another Palladium product called um, Heroes Unlimited. Heroes Unlimited? Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's basically another superhero game that they made. Okay. So it says that this is kind of an expansion to that, right? So you you can um, use this to, to expand on that and make, mm -hmm. make basically anthropomorphic animal heroes to, to use along with the Heroes Unlimited characters. Okay. But one of the first things I noticed, right... Is the introduction to this? Um, so there's a bit, you know, like in every RPG, there's like a big introduction. What is role playing? Yeah, like that kind of that kind of bit. Yeah. But in this, it's just a bunch of explanations, like about how anthropomorphic animal fighting is an original, about how you don't need Heroes Unlimited to play this, but you should probably have it. And then it says how the species <laughs> section, right? And then it says how in the species section, he tried to list every animal known to man, but then he says this. Yes, I know that it's incomplete, but do you have any idea how many animals there are in the world? How many birds? We're talking about 750 species in North America alone. You can imagine the rant. I reckon that he started, he started the book, like the first thing he did, he started off and he's like, right, let's list all the species. Right, number one, aardvark. Number two. Number two. Anteater. And he's just like, oh god, no, there's there's way more animals than I thought. I thought there was, I thought there was gonna be about twenty. This By the time you got to D, he was like, no! He, he got to he got to birds and he was like, oh my god, there's seven hundred and fifty. <laughs> I was gonna publish this. Yeah. <laughs> I like his little rant at the end though. It's almost like he did get to that point, it was like, nope. Too many, too many animals. He's like, right, okay, I've done A. It took it took me it took me six months, but I've done A, right, B, birds. Fuck, there's seven hundred and fifty. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, 
God damn. Um, yeah. Okay. But anyway, like, uh, my thought as well was, like, shouldn't the introduction section be about, like, what the game's about? Mm, not what... A bird! It can fly! Yeah, but instead it's just him sort of making excuses for why he hasn't done... <laughs> done the research, basically, yeah, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, but yeah so, anyway, uh, there's as usual, right, there's that bit, like, that explains what role-playing game yep. is, right? But um, there's, a, there's a quote, right, um, that I really like. So, mm. it says, Imagine the setting. At the front of the room, there is a mad-looking figure... Half man, half bat. <laughs> it's Batman. <laughs> That's him. <laughs> it looks around suspiciously. At its feet, there are two very frightened people, both in stained blue work clothing. The bat thing points a large pistol and the people <laughs> and screams in a hoarse voice, Where is money? <laughs> Where is money? <laughs> and there's a spelling error as well. It points yeah. a large pistol and the people. And the people. That is copy-pasted from the oh, book, man. so that's not me making a spelling error. A, large, pis- yeah, a large pistol and the people. <laughs> <laughs> and screams in a hoarse voice, Where is money? Where is money? <laughs> 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 anyway, um, yeah, without um, without any explanation of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles world or what sort of games you'll be playing, you're chucked right into character creation. Okay. So imagine, imagine if you were just playing like with your regular group of people and you weren't a TMNT fan and you just sat down and, they, and he said, read this, right, make a character. You're like, but I don't have any idea about this world. What, you just want me to just play... An animal. Yeah, and it's like, it gives you no explanation as to sort of, uh, like, the sort of adventures you'll be playing, what sort of characters this world has in it. What the weather's like. Nothing. Nothing. No, like, <laughs> literally nothing. nothing. It just goes, the buses run on time. It, Jesus. It, it literally just says, like, that, it gives you that half man, half bat explanation thing, and then it just goes, <laughs> right, now make a character. It's like, oh, what the fuck? All right, yeah, okay. Um, animal characters... It says in big bold letters. And then it says animal hero characters are the results of mutation or some other change that results in normal animal becoming either more intelligent, more human-like, or super-powered. Okay. Right, and the way it's written, right, because it's got that heading of animal characters, then that explanation. Mm-hmm. It feels like that that's the section for, like, animal characters, and then later on it will go on to about human characters. Yeah. But no, it's just... That's your lot. Yeah, that's your lot. So I think <laughs> that they were planning to have more, more, but they just he, again he just started on A animal characters, and then he got to B, and he was like, it was going to be like I don't know, Birdmen. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> then, but it was like, yeah, it seems like something was left out because you could only bored. be animal characters. Yes, yeah. obviously in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles universe, you've got April O'Neil, you've got April O'Neil, Shredder, he's human, is he? Yes, guess he yeah, is. I think so, yeah. But whatever. The point is, yeah, you've got you've got human characters. So yeah. I think they were going to include animal and human characters, but only ended up including animal ones. Yeah. So, but then why Half would you want to be human? Why would you? Let's be honest. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It almost, yeah. So, uh, let me see here. Anyway, so you play as animals that mutate and become more anthropomorphic. So does that happen, like, is that part of the game or has that already happened when you start? When you start your character creation, you're already mutated a bit, right? Um, But we'll get into that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they become more anthropomorphic. So this can mean, like, the turtles, right? You stand on two legs Mm -hmm. and you look like a massive turtle. Or it can mean that you're so mutated that you look almost human. (laughs) So... Um, first off, you you roll your attributes and like this is like the usual shit, but mm-hmm. they've given it dumb names to appear uh, like appear different, right? <laughs> so you've got instead of intelligence, you've got intelligent quotient, oh, and in, and wow. instead of um and then you've got like mental affinity, mental affinity instead of charisma or personality, yeah, okay, yeah. and then you determine your hit points, and now it's time to determine what type of animal you are, mm. which is determined randomly. Oh right. 
<laughs> which but you don't have to do that it does it, to be fair um to the book it does say that you you um can pick but it said this should be only be done for experienced players right okay but i you definitely shouldn't let your players pick and there's a reason for that and i'll okay. get into that later um but yeah, so you, you roll to determine first your animal category. Now, mm-hmm. these are things like urban, rural, <laughs> wild, wild birds, or zoo. <laughs> urban, what's it got? Like an accent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah blood. Oi, blood. I'm an urban animal, isn't it, blood? Rural's like, right? Yeah, it's the same five animals, but it's just, just got different accents. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, urban dogs like, yo, I'm a dog, blood. And then rural dogs like, hello, I'm a dog, blood. And then wild's like, <laughs> <laughs> So then, uh, yeah, then you roll on a specific table to determine which animal. So okay. for urban, you have things like dog, cat, or mouse. And mm-hmm. then rural, you have goat, turkey, or bat. <laughs> and then for zoo, you have things like chimpanzee, elephant, or leopard. Okay. And then you roll to determine what caused you to mutate into your more human form. So it can be one of three things. Bad like, mood. Uh, <laughs> bad mood, <laughs> bit, bit of dodgy cheese. Yeah. Um, so you can have things. So either it's random, so like Splinter from the cartoons, mm-hmm. you just happened to turn out that way, and nobody knows why. You can <laughs> yeah. have an accidental mutation, so you came into contact with some strange drawing. Classic. Yeah. So that's like the turtles themselves. <laughs> yeah. Or deliberate, so you were experimented on, experimented on in real life, and becoming a minimum. Exactly. Yeah. In a lab, gotcha. In the lab, yeah. Yeah. So. Then you determine how many biological energy points you have. So this depends on which animal you get. So different animals have different bioenergy points. So the bigger the animal, the fewer you have. Simple. So it's kind of like a balancing method. So Mm -hmm. if you pick an elephant, you're you're pretty much, I think you start with zero. So you're pretty kind of fucked if you get that. So these can the, the biological energy points can be used to either make yourself bigger or develop more human characteristics. Mm-hmm. This can be anything from being able to speak or having proper hands to having an upright bipedal Just stance. Just proper hands like a proper boy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the best thing about it is is that the birds can do that too. But they, Bird hands. You just have hands on the end of your wings. <laughs> So you can fly past someone. Just give them a slap as you go past. Take that! <laughs> I thought you was going to say you have hands for feet, and it's just like, nice to meet you. I think you can do that too. That's the cool thing about it. Um, yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Uh, yeah, so... I don't know if I want to play this game or throw it in the bin at the moment, but it's, I'm interested, that's for sure. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I think it's amusing, but I yeah. think it's basically unplayable. Right. So, um yeah, so next you pick your alignment. Now, okay. with this bit, they've gone to a bit of effort here. Nice. So instead of the usual D&D affair with lawful, chaotic, neutral, good, evil, etc., mm-hmm. you have evil alignments, right? So you've got you've got so you've got e- evil alignments, good alignments, and selfish alignments, and okay. then there's subcategories within them. So for example, within good, you have principled good who mm-hmm. always stick to the law, and then principled scrupulous who won't mind breaking the law if it's within their own moral code. And then with the evil ones, you have evil diabolic or evil miscreant who will use the law to hang on they have just renamed the D&D I was just about to say they just literally pumped all the D&D names into a thesaurus and it's just like try deviant (laughs) yeah that was that was literally the joke I was going for there yeah they've renamed all the D&D alignments to something else and tried to pretend like they've 
Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly the fucking same. <laughs> yeah. And they sound more silly. So I like scrupulous. Always oh, a bit scrupulous, that one. Yeah, and there's um, <laughs> fucking, what is it? Uh, evil diabolic. Evil, evil diabolic. miscreant. <laughs> yeah. So like, if, you, if somebody's evil, you don't describe them as a miscreant. He's a rascal. Oh, he's a miscreant. <laughs> yeah. Then you've got the skills, right? Right, 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 right. I've got to say, not a single standout, decent skill here. Not, Nothing not worth mentioning. Not a no, one. Not a single one. In a game oh, where you play man. mutated animals, not, not a single... Not one skill. <laughs> no, <laughs> Oh, my God. But now we're moving on to the animal powers. Right. And psionics, right? Ooh, so okay. these are kind of like superpowers. Yep. So you can use these as often as you like and don't ever need to spend resource or power points to use them, right? But you do, however, need to spend a bio energy points that you got at the beginning of the game to use them, mm-hmm. right? So, like, no, to, to buy them, to like have them as your powers. Okay. So whenever you use one, you basically roll to use it and a defending character will try to save against it. So it's just basically like a skill. You can yep. use it anytime you want. Mm-hmm. Um, some examples of these are in the psionics section for example you have animal control where it allows you to control creatures of your own kind Mm -hmm. so don't pick that if you're a zoo animal because it's not going to come up that often because there's another elephant yeah because typically (laughs) it's an urban elephant yeah typically exactly (laughs) Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles typically takes place in a city unless you're playing a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game set in Africa that's not going (laughs) to come up that often so um, yeah and then there's another one, biomanipulation. This comes in seven forms. So you have wow. blind, deafened, mute, pain, and paralysis, stun, tissue manipulation. Ooh. That's pretty cool, but you have to pick one of those. And then okay. there's hypnotic suggestion that does what it says on the tin. Mm-hmm. As for the animal powers, you can't buy these, right? So you have things like antlers, claws, digging, extra limbs, and flight. Mm-hmm. When I did, when I saw this at first, I thought you could buy these using bio about points right and I got really excited because I was like fuck yeah I would love to be an elephant with antlers yeah you know <laughs> that would be sick. Yeah, and I was yeah. trying to look for a cost I was like a bird uh, that could dig so you'd just be like <laughs> fly down and just dig into the ground yeah fuck that or That'd a flying cool. badger yeah exactly but unfortunately no, no you can't buy these oh. um, it's just an explanation certain animals have these and so for example you know a pigeon would would have a flight or, mm-hmm. or a tiger would have claws pigeon might have their butt that's not one of the ones. But it's the way it walks, isn't it? Yeah. It's always looking like it wants to start a fight or something. Uh, yeah. Do you think they'd be really rowdy pigeons? All right, fella. I think so. Well, they, they come from the city as well, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they're all geezers, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you're looking at? <laughs> you little... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, cool. Basically, yeah, each animal has a preset bunch of animal right, power. Okay. So following this section, you have a list of all the animals... What features they start with and how... Well, not all the animals. We figured that out earlier. <laughs> what features they start with and then how many points you need to spend to, to like, upgrade them to other features. For example, with the aardvark... And, yes, I went for literally the first animal in the book. Um, mm-hmm. He starts with claws and tunneling. And yep. you can spend five bioenergy to upgrade his ears to large. Okay. Or you could earn, spend t- ten bioenergy to upgrade his hands to proper hands so that he can hold a gun. Proper <laughs> You want to get yourself some proper ads, mate. Hold a gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking silly aardvark. Um, it's four feet in length unless you upgrade it. Mm-hmm. And it can be found in Southern Africa, so it would be a zoo animal. Right. Gotcha. So that's sort of like the basic description yep. of um, an animal, right? Yep. And that's how, how it looks. Now, looking through this bit, I found, I found a way to break the game immediately, right? <laughs> okay. Because... 
If your DM lets you pick your animal, pick yeah. a pigeon. Pick, go on. They're the best animal in the game, hands down. No right? way. They start with 70 bio energy, right? Which is ridiculous. So they are mouthy as hell. Because they're small. Yeah. Because they're small, they start with a ridiculous amount of bio energy. But do not upgrade your size. Even though the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are big, right? Don't do that. Okay. Don't do what they do in the cartoon. Stay as a small pigeon because you'll be harder to hit, right? <laughs> yeah. So then... Um, you spend 20 bioenergy to upgrade to full human hands at the end of the wings, right? Yes. Get two guns, get two guns and, and dual wield them. Buy the hypnotic suggestion psionic power or the paralysis one, right? And then yep. max out firearms. <laughs> yeah. Max out firearms, fly in and uh, to any situation, yep. hypnotize or par- paralyze everyone you can and shoot anyone that remains. <laughs> put no points in size so you'll be impossible to hit, as I said. <laughs> Lastly, you're going to want to put some points in interrogation to progress the story, but that's not entirely necessary. So Just basically, the pigeon of death. <laughs> so basically, yeah, you get in, kill everyone, get what you need, fly out. Fly out of there. So that's Never it. get shot. That's how to min-max TMNT. <laughs> Pick pigeon. pigeon with hands, mate. If Pig- I saw a pigeon with hands flying towards me, dual wielding, I would shit myself. You know, an, an alternative build would be um, pigeon with hands, hypnotic suggestion, and max out sneak. Because the thing is, you can fly as well, so you're basically invulnerable. Oh, anybody, man. anybody that tries to fuck with you, you just fly away. It's oh, ridiculous. How angry would a GM get as well? If, like, say, you know, they, they, you knew this trick from us, and you go and play Teenage Mutant Turtles, and they're like, "What are you playing?" Then it's like pigeon, and everyone just laughs at the table. It's like we're serious laughing later. Yeah, and you're like, <laughs> do you want to upgrade your size? Like everyone's going for the TMNT. I want to be massive. Yeah, and you're just like, no, well, I want to stay pigeon sized. I like my little pigeon size yeah. with his massive hands at the end of his wings. <laughs> <Just> like that, <laughs> <laughs> flipping everyone off, flipping the bird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm flipping the pigeon. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's basically my my little guide for you there. Brilliant. So um, yeah, after this, you have a short comic by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, who uh, who who actually created TMNT. That's pretty cool, and it's pretty decent, right? Yeah. The artwork is great. It's mm-hmm. funny in that silly childish way, and yeah. um, the panels of the comic continue throughout the rest of the combat section of the book. And I really wish they'd done this for the rest of the book because. Actually, um, it's really quite decent, and the um, well, that's, that's a nice format as well, isn't it? Exactly, and yeah. it gives it that comic book feel. Yeah. Seeing as this is a game based on a comic book, yeah, why not do that throughout the whole comic? Yeah, but there you go. Absolutely. The funny thing about the comic is it's called "Don't Judge a Book." That's the title of the comic, and I feel as if there's like a sort of a message about this book. Like, <laughs> don't as if judge saying, it. Look, yeah, we know it's shit, but come on. We've got a nice comic in the middle. Yeah, don't judge a book, mate. <laughs> By its comic strip. I think it's like foreshadowing, because basically the Palladium RPG system is known for being like really mechanically awful. Right. And um, we're just about to get into the mechanics. But okay. basically for combat, an attacker rolls a d20 to hit. If you get lucky and roll a four, you can hit the opponent directly, but lower than that, you miss. But if you roll above a four, but lower than their armour you only damage the opponent's armour. Okay. If the hit is a success, the defender may then choose to parry, dodge, or entangle. <sighs> dodge is self-explanatory. Entangle means you pin the attacker's sword arm, basically. Mm. If someone is parried, they will lose their next melee attack. Okay. Now, I found that quite pretty funny, right? Because all it says in the book is they'll lose their next melee attack, but it doesn't say how long that lasts. Or when. So does that mean <laughs> that, like, two hours later after combat, you go to melee attack somebody and go, oh. You just can't move your hand. Yeah. <laughs> What the hell was going on here? Damn it, I got parried two hours earlier and now I can't, I've lost my next melee attack. I've lost my next melee. Yeah, you might have like two sessions of chatting and all of a sudden there's a really important scene and you go to like strike someone down. It's like, damn it, it's my next melee attack. It was that, it was that random thug earlier that parried me. Oh. 
<laughs> yeah, so if the strike's oh, not shit. parried, entangled, or dodged, or yeah. river danced, then you get to roll damage. <laughs> and that's about it. It's mildly crunchy, but it's not actually that bad. I think no. it's all right. Um, the weapons are pretty cool. They're, um, as with the TMNT series, they're all Eastern-inspired. There's everything here in the kitchen sink. Ancient ninja and samurai weaponry and equipment, modern guns, spy equipment, cool. computers... And then you've got the GM section. It's got some adventures in there. For example, there's one called the Terror Bears. Oh dear. It's about a group of psionic bears that have taken over a house in a neighbourhood and have hypnotised their neighbours to think that there are, in fact, no bears living there. Of course. <laughs> and they're nicking people's clothes and food and things like that. And then, and then of course, they're like hard. You a bear? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so, like, you, you'll go there and interrogate people and, and be like, um, we've heard about bear attacks here. And then there's just like this really scraggly house, and all the people are like, no, there's no bears here. No bears here. And then there's a bear, like, in human clothes going, definitely no they bears here. They actually are wearing human clothes, like, stretched over their massive bear bodies. Oh so, yeah, it's it's actually a quite an inventive little adventure. I, like I quite it. liked it. Yeah, that's all right. Fun. But then it ends with the origin story about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. All in all, um, that is pretty much the end of the book, and I'm going to get into the big fuck-off reason why we why I bought this book now. <laughs> See, this is going to blow your minds, ladies and gentlemen, because there is a section of this book, right? Now, let's talk about print history real quickly. Now, mm-hmm. this is um, I'm going to try for this not to be boring, but there are three versions of this book. One version of this book, the first printing, is worth quite a lot of money. Yep. So this will generally go for about 200 to 400 pounds, mm-hmm. depending on who's buying it, right? And the reason is that there was an error in the printing. There was something left in the book that they did, they sort of an oversight, yeah, should we call it? Yeah, they probably shouldn't have left it there. They probably shouldn't have left it there. And all the books were recalled, and yeah. uh, that was quickly edited out. Now, there was a second printing where they put an uh, uh, ultra-highly glued sticker in there. Over you, the uh, thing they probably shouldn't have left in exactly. there. Exactly. Yep. And you can't... It's very, very difficult to peel off. About I don't think it's even possible. the page, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, that was this. It's not really the second printing, but that's the other version that you can get. You can yep. get the one with the sticker, and then the second printing is the one that just doesn't include that it's section entirely. Yeah, that's it. Now I'm gonna. I'm just gonna read this section to you, listeners, because this is gonna blow your fucking balls off. <laughs> So, uh, in the character creation section, you can uh, roll for sort of background things, and you, your character can have certain neuroses, right? So, you roll on this random table, and I'm just going to read all of these to you, because I think these are, are great. Now, yep. this is the bit that they didn't want printed in the book, and this is the reason that this first edition copy, it can be worth at 200 to £400. So... Uh, if you roll a 1 to an 18, you might be scared of the dark. If you roll a 19 to a thir- 34, you'll be have a fear of animals. You may have... Uh, the next one is cannot tell the truth. And 50 to 64, sexual deviation. Now, the sexual deviations has its own table. <laughs> and these are homosexuality, fetishism, paedophilia, transvesticism, <laughs> exhibitionism, sadism masochism, necrophilia, anti-sex, satire, nymphomania, and voyeurism. <laughs> so, yeah, that's right. In a that's t- what you need in a kid's book, then. In have. a kid's game, you could be roll randomly to be a necrophile or, or a, a paedophile. paedophile. <laughs> 
or wow. homosexual. Yeah, and they're basically oh, oh my god, they're basically saying that um, like here that homosexuality is a uh, deviation. Is yeah, is a bad thing. It's, yeah, it's like <laughs> like you're a, it's a mutation. That you, <laughs> oh, you got the gay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I caught the gay in a lab. Oh, yeah, it's pretty bad, man. Pretty bad. So that's that's awful. Um, so yeah, that's. That's one of the worst things ever printed in an RPG. I can't I think. believe that. And the best thing is, though, <laughs> you got it. Hey, I got that version of the book. So what <laughs> happened was, is that I saw this go up for ten pounds on the Facebook group and quickly snapped it up um, because I was wondering, am I going to get that version? Am I going to get the other one? So there are copies of this floating about on the internet, um, like uh, PDF copies, mm-hmm. if you want to pirate it. And those are you'll typically get the version that doesn't have this paragraph in it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I managed to get that. You've got copy. the recalled one. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we just wanted to um, say that uh, a big thank you to all the patrons for that mm-hmm. because with the £10 that we spent on this actually came from the Patreon money Absolutely. because we, so much, we literally yeah. snapped it up and were like, we should totally do an episode about this because this is a really fucked up thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I couldn't find a copy anywhere on the internet that had this paragraph in full mm-hmm. where I wanted to just double check that this is what it said because yeah. I'd heard rumours that that it said that you could get the um, gay mutation yeah. but I didn't know that it also had paedophilia and necrophilia oh, man, in it a full list so, so yeah as soon as they I got it to back town, I was just like Jesus Christ what were they thinking oh man so yeah pretty bad yeah nice well palladium. done <laughs> so that's that's a thing that palladium actually did well done you idiots <laughs> amazing yeah but um, to conclude I don't think I'd ever play this. No. I, I think it's... You look at the book, man, and it's it includes... I, I find it amazing that you've got this te- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game that includes no flavour, nothing about the world, no world maps, no... Classic character no, bios. Uh, it does have a couple, but okay. n- but only the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles themselves. No Rocksteady, themselves. no Bebop. Nope. Oh, none man. of that. No April O'Neil. It's, it's, it, Casey all, Jones? Probably not. He's but, on the I front, mean, but probably not in the book. I doubt it. I mean, oh, I, I should man. check more thoroughly. But the point is, is, it's just got so little in there in terms of flavour and things yeah. like this, where you'd at least expect it maybe a map of... It's set in Manhattan, right? Yeah, I so think so, yeah. Maybe something like that, where mm-hmm. you could stick it on the table. Or The adventures are quite good, but they, they provide no real setting for them or anything like this. And it's just like... I don't if know. You to, if you want to have sex with a corpse, be my guest. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and then you've got like all of these um, like cool mutated animals, but like most of them are so silly, it's unbelievable. All, all grounded. Like you can't add anything else. So it's like, you know, like you said before, you've got these mutations, but only to set animals. So you can't have an elephant that mutates antlers. Like, why? Yeah, because you start with no bioenergy yeah, points. So you'd hell? be an elephant, but you literally, the only power that you start with that is a given right um uh, as a mutation is that you can understand human speech so if you roll randomly on this table and you get elephant well yep. the only thing is is that you can understand human speech so yes you could communicate and coordinate plans but you would never be able to speak you wouldn't be able to do anything you would just be an elephant <laughs> i mean it's like, just a nodding elephant mm-hmm. yeah so mm-hmm. it's like what's the point and you could point at stuff i guess <laughs> yeah, i mean it, it really it really just doesn't seem like a fun game at all mm. as as for the mechanical side of it, I didn't really see what people's problems with, but I, with the Palladium RPG system is. But I imagine once I sat down and played it, it would probably come to light that it's pretty it's bad. Holes, but yeah. I was kind of looking more at the actual flavor and and what the RPG did and what it had, to have, and it just really nothing about it shouted to me that was just like, 
oh yeah, this is good. I was bored by it. Really? And this oh, is something This is something that I loved when I was I, a kid. Yeah, exactly. And I thought I maybe Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I had all the action figures. I mean... And oh. the video games. Yeah, of course. And yet, yet, yet somehow I read this book and was just like, there's nothing <laughs> redeemable about this. Nah. If you want to play a badger, Teenage Mutant Ninja Badger... They got the title right though. No, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and other strangeness. Yeah, because but it just doesn't do anything interesting because you could play a mutated badger, but you're still just using the same old skills you've seen in every other RPG. Yeah. The same just, old just abilities. named a little bit different. Yeah, and and it's the same old shit. So realistically, there's no, there's nothing that makes this worth. It's nothing playing. original about it. Don't bother tracking this game down because you you could do this. We've done it for you again, guys. It's fate all over again. Yeah. But you could do this in, in Savage Worlds or GURPS easily. Yeah, and if you want to play a decent game where you play as mutated animals, pick up Gen Lab Alpha. Oh, good, yeah. Because that's more easily available. It's cheaper and it's actually decent. And mm-hmm. the backstory for it is a lot better. Mm-hmm. So pick that up. Yeah, I would definitely recommend that. What do you think, Nick? Um, I'd like to play it for a one-shot just to say we have at yeah. one time in our life. But, yeah, I'm not in a rush. I'd agree with that. Yeah. I'd completely agree with that. So maybe a drunken Christmas or something TMNT I might do one shot where everyone has to play a pigeon yeah why not because otherwise everyone's everyone's going to pick that anyway yeah. if they've heard this so. yeah of course so yeah no good <laughs> get out of here get the fuck out of here welcome to the chamber of challenges chamber of challenges the chamber of challenges chamber of challenges The Chamber of Challenges. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Chamber of Challenges. Now, this is where we do challenges for each other. And this week, we've got quite a good one, because we saw this video that's circling around on Facebook and stuff with a dad joke battle with these guys that were doing dad jokes to each other. And we're going to do something kind of similar. So if you want to keep score, Nick, yep. every time we, we're basically going to do RPG dad joke battle yeah and uh yeah we're gonna basically see who can make the other person laugh the most <laughs> so if if you laugh i get a point yeah and if i laugh you get a point mm-hmm. so this is how we're gonna do it and we've written a list um and we've you know mined the internet as well mm-hmm. and we've got some rpg based dad jokes for each other <laughs> so shall i start you go first mate so I was in the Shire the other day mm-hmm. and a hobbit threw some uncooked bread at me and I said don't throw dough Right, your turn. That's good. <clears throat> Did you hear about the druid who could wield swords when using wild shape? Mm. I hear he had the right to bear arms. Oh, man, that's good. Oh, okay. I'm not going to laugh, though. Mm-mm. Why are little green dudes in, in dungeons often fat? Don't know why. Because they're always goblin. <clears throat> Mine are pretty bad, I've got to be honest. Right, your turn. Okay, right. Why did the blind wizard fall down the well? Go. Because he couldn't see that well. Oh. <laughs> Shut up, man. That's good. That is good. That one point to Nick. Fuck off. Okay. Go. How do you get a D&D player to go out with you? I don't know. You ask them on a D8. <laughs> All right, that's it. I get a point. <laughs> Alright, it's drawing. Okay. Whew, right, okay. Alright. Okay. Why does everybody love hit points? Because they're the life of the party. That's a bad one. That's a bad Real one. Bad. A PC walks into a bar, he takes 1d4 damage. 
No, sorry, that's not one of my, that's not my material. Right, I can swallow that one. <clears throat> Have you heard about the thief who opened a shop? It's called Legitimately Gently Used Goods. No. 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 Okay, in D&D, I used to play a German wizard. Do you know what his favourite spell was? What? Burning hands. It's good. It's good. Your turn. This is this might be my secret weapon. Did you hear about the beholder that opened a school? Oh, unfortunately, I read this one earlier. Oh, no. Go on, tell the punchline. It was justified, considering the amount of pupils he had. What's the difference between a fighter and a barbarian? What's the difference? Classmate. <laughs> That's very good. That's a good one, isn't it? <laughs> oh, shit, okay. Um, what do you call a group of musical orcs? An orchestra. Oh, that's good. Sorry, man. So you, you got you got to wake up very early in the morning to get me. Oh, no. Go on. What do you call a bard with no hands? Go on. No holds barred. <clears throat> that's good. What does a paladin eat for breakfast? Oathmeal. What? That doesn't even make sense. Oathmeal. Oh, that's nasty, man. <laughs> How do you get a dwarf to climb onto a roof? Good. Tell him ale is on the house. It's good. Mind players like dwarfs the best. They tend to be beer battered. <laughs> oh, man. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. <laughs> Come on. It's oh. a draw still. Okay, to a piece. I decided to run an RPG for a load of babies. It was a dungeon crawl. It's <laughs> <That's> good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Right, okay, fine. Okay. How many songs does a bard need to get rich? Four tunes. I'm not sure I get that one, I'm sorry. That's not very good. Okay. Uh, Dungeon Master. There's a fork in the road. Player. I pick it up. (laughs) Okay. That's good. That's my last one. I've got my last one now. A party entered a dungeon where they fought kobolds, crocodiles, chow, wyverns, and naga. It was a well-scaled adventure. Well scaled. Uh, cringe. Okay, so who's the wiener? You win, Frito. Yes. <laughs> so I hope you like those dad jokes. Because we enjoyed doing them. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, that don't throw dough one was my, was right, my A really material. Good. I should have saved that for the end. That's very good. <laughs> um, oh, oh, that's fun. So, uh, right. Now. Based on this, we're going to get into a competition. Uh, it's a competition. Haven't seen that jingle in a while. Nope. <laughs> so, um, yeah, based on the fact that we've just done some dad jokes for you, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a competition. I have in my hand. Oh, I've got I've got five. Um, Coupons for the Pinnacle web store here, mm-hmm. and now for five pounds each. So convert that into whichever currency that you like. You know, whatever. It's up to you. Three hundred dollars, isn't it? Um, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, full disclosure. I did get given these at ShakeOn. I just have no use for them because the postage is so much on the Pinnacle website that I, it literally is pointless me having them. So, so we like to give them away. So we like to give them away. Yeah. So I've got five. I'm just holding them up there to the mic. Are. They're real. <laughs> there they are. So you can hear. I those. can confirm. So, um, yeah, I've got five five-pound c- codes for the Pinnacle Web Store, and I'll give these to the five best dad jokes we receive yeah, to absolutely. tabletoptwats at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Five best dad 
jokes, but they have to be RPG related. Yeah. Doesn't right. matter. Doesn't have to be fantasy. Just RPG. Any any type of RPG. It can be done. Can you be know, dice base can be. I don't know. Whatever. But yeah, as long as there's some kind of sci-fi. theme to it. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I had a PC walks into a bar. He takes one d four damage. You know, you don't have to get that sophisticated with it. But the five best ones will receive five pounds for their pinnacle web store to spend on anything that they that you want. That so their heart desires. Yeah. They make Savage Worlds and Deadlands and things like this. So mm-hmm. so you can use that for a lot of good stuff, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. So send them in, and we shall reveal the winner oh next episode I suppose exactly well, next episode and yeah you can use that for a lot of PDF stuff yeah. um, if you're not in America or if you are in America you can pretty much use that to get yourself a whole host of cool shit mm-hmm. so yeah that's the competition send, send them in tabletoptwats at gmail.com I'm sure you can do a better job than we did yeah without so blow us away mate unbloody doubtedly yeah <laughs> we got ideas that come in out the wazoo so we'll talk about them now and give them to you that's what this segment is we come up with new games like I don't know the hunger james people with the same name in an arena fight to the death as ideas go it's not one of my best the segment's called the game design guys best idea gets a game design prize so, welcome to the game design, guys. Now, this is a, a sort of semi-new segment that we've got, and uh, we're, we're enjoying this, so we're going to do it again. Yeah. And basically, on this segment, we, we've we realised that we're game design geniuses, haven't mm-hmm. we, Nick? Yeah, so we are. What we do... Ahead of our times. Exactly. We've wasted all our life, and now we've found our calling. Exactly. Um, yeah. Basically, yes. So, I, what I've what I've done, um, what we what we do in this section is we come up with new games or new game ideas um, for the RPG world, and we're we're going to eventually publish all of these and make millions, right? Yeah, exactly. But we haven't got around to it. No. So, do you want to go first this week? Or? Yeah, absolutely. I'll go first this week. So, my RPG is called Dash F. Okay, and um, it's a little bit of a weird one. It's almost like an RPG meets making dinner for friends. So the idea is that you play an RPG where you are chefs, okay? Dice rolls determine what ingredients you get to start off with, and not only must you cook, you must play an RPG at the same time, and um, certain things will give you bonuses. So if you was to get something like the top chef's knife, you'll be able to use a real knife that's a lot better than, say, a butter knife. Um, and as the game progresses, the cooking goes throughout the game, along with RPG and of being a chef in a, in a busy restaurant and whatnot. And uh, by the end of it, hopefully you get some food out of it. Whether it be nice food or not is another question, depending on how you play. To be fair, I think you've identified a gap in the market there because I don't think there are many cooking RPGs out there. <laughs> really? No. Well, well. Oh, can you name any? Uh, well, yeah. Good point. <laughs> so you basically, yeah, you have to roll randomly for what ingredients you get yep. as well. So mm-hmm. is this sort of based in this, like, in the story? So when when it starts up, it'll be like. You got roll the new menu. I don't know for the yeah for the restaurant. So it's the open down the restaurant or something. Yeah, or, or like maybe the truck doesn't turn up. Yeah, and, and you've then, got to improvise with what's left in the larder. Yeah, exactly. And so your encounters are kind of like well, you've, you've an angry uh, an angry customer comes in that's got um, some kind of food allergy and you're a bit stuck. You know, but you've he's like I'm allergic to peanuts and you're like well fuck we only got delivered peanuts this morning. <laughs> exactly. So it's like well because you roll badly on the table we got peanuts. Tires, paper clips. That's all we got delivered <laughs> yeah. this morning. So it's like make something out of that that yep. this customer might like, mm-hmm. or, or you could try and risk it by going off to somewhere else and fucking uh, you know nicking from the rival restaurant across the exactly. street. Exactly, exactly that. I think that'd be really fun. Why not? Play that. So it's called Dash F. Dash F. Yeah. Do you know the weirdest thing is, is that um, I made one with a very similar name. No way. Yeah, mine's called Da Blob. <laughs> right. The blob, the blob, yeah. I think this would work best in Savage Worlds, but it okay. could work in any game where you have a dice pool system. Mm-hmm. So this might work when a vampire as mm-hmm. well. 
Um, but Dead Blob, right, is basically <laughs> a game. Uh, it probably more likely a short adventure, if I'm okay. being honest with you. <laughs> but, so, Dead Blob. It starts off as a... So you, you have to make it quite strong to begin with, right? But every time... Um, and I think this has worked best in Savage Worlds because mm-hmm. every time you encounter the blob, you fight it, right? Okay. It'll basically eat um, PCs whole. And when it does, <laughs> it eats their dice pools. Oh, okay. So then it gets stronger and their gear and it uses it, right? Yep. So let's say, for instance, you have a D6 in shooting. Uh-huh. It gets a D6 in shooting. It eats another person that's got a D8 in shooting. It gets a D8 in shooting. Ah. So then... The next time you encounter it, and it's got like three guns because it's eating three PCs, <laughs> yeah. it uses them all at the same time, and Nasty. then it also uses all those dice at the same time. So you rolls a D6, a D8, another D8, because oh, that's just eating three PCs. Yeah, yeah. And it shoots you with three guns, rolls three dice at the same time, and it does this with every skill Ouch. and every attribute at the same time. Wow. So the blob gets bigger and stronger, and it gets better at everything. So climbing... Forget about it. Everyone's got climbing, right? He's eating like full party loads of people already. It's, it's up the mountain before you and, even and think it's about it. Gigantic. And, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, look out, it's the blob. So in this Run from the blob. In this game, you pretty much have to play about four characters at the start. So you, you yeah. can't you can't play one person. You have You've to got play to have about a pool four. of people. Yeah, to play this type of game. Yeah. So, I like it. And the idea is is that all you have to do is get get to the helicopter to escape the city. And you only have you have to escape with just one character left at okay. the end, Soul and, and then you win you win the game. You beat it, the blob. If you get more, then that's a better victory. So mm-hmm. it's a replayable adventure, obviously. And hopefully, I'm I'm hoping to have different maps available for the blob and things like this, different scenarios. <laughs> yeah. So you might have um, the blob underground. So you, it's one the blob on holiday, and it all kicks <laughs> off like in Hawaii or something. The blob on holiday. <laughs> uh, yeah, the blob goes the blob coast to coast, things like this. <laughs> the blob on the road. Yeah. So like, <laughs> like this it. is one. Thinking. I wanted to, and on the blob on holiday, obviously, you've got you see it on the beach with like an umbrella sticking <laughs> little out. Little pair of it. sunglasses just floating. And then there's like holiday goers, one one little kid's being like sucked into the blob, and Next like, you know, there's like a beach ball on it and stuff. I like yeah, it. and so that's that's sort of my idea. I'm thinking that like I, I just thought about this at Savage Worlds, and I thought people were talking about con games and things that uh, at ShakeCon, sorry, and yeah, people were talking about con games and things that you would only ever do if you were playing a, like a one-shot. Yeah. I thought about this and I thought this would be brilliant but it would also be good because even if players had played it once before mm-hmm. and they were totally metering it would still be fucking hard yeah, to beat absolutely. the blob. The blob, yeah. The blob's coming to get you. <laughs> yeah. I like it. So, <laughs> That's really cool. So yeah. <laughs> Watch, look out look out soon for the blob. It's coming and the chef. And, and the chef. It's, yeah. a, it's a new line of the games. The games but the company and um, the, yeah. and we're the game design guys. <laughs> Available soon. So don't forget guys if you were to send in your game design ideas we and we will, read we them out them up. on this section. Yeah we will chat them up on, on, the, um, on the podcast mate. Wongus. So send them over. Brilliant. <laughs> That's the end of the segment. <laughs> In the future, you will be able to send a letter from anywhere on the planet. This is the future. This is the electro letter. Beep, 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 boop, 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 boop. Hello. There he is. Where's he been? Electro letters. Oh, not him. Oh, yes. Podbot. I, re- I rewired him the other day. Pornhub. No, oh shit, Stop saying that. There. I left that bit on this there. This section on. is where we read emails and letters from the internet. Correct. They oh, come right. out your butthole, don't they, Podbot? Red tube. No, no. Shut up. Oh, shut up. Shit. Ugh, I hate I'll this little robot. Right, I'm going to kick him. No, don't kick him. <laughs> Malfunction. Oh, shit. Oh, I'll set him now. Look, let me just reset him. 
Right, anyway, this is Electro Letters where we read out your mail from the internet. And mm-hmm. this week, we asked you to send in some examples of your favourite characters you've ever played in an RPG. What made them so awesome? Why did you enjoy playing them? And to tell us some of the cool shit they did, as well as send us in some of your general questions. But first off, let's get into some of your awesome characters. Matthew Jones sent in the first one. He made a character called Denver Potts. He was a half-orc paladin. Hello, I'm, D- I'm Denver Potts. All right, uh, I'm Denver a- Potts. I'm yeah. half-orc. <laughs> Um, he bleached his hair and avoided direct sunlight at all costs to try and hide his orcish heritage. So actually, the, the name makes sense. Mm-hmm. He was good-hearted but hated his heritage and would always rush to others' aid, even to the point of terrifying them. <laughs> He's, Let me help you. I'll help you. <laughs> we were told some people might want to attack this woman, and we thought we saw someone climbing her window. So Denver did what any paladin would do and rushed to her aid pounding on her door and alerting her to impending danger. She refused to let him in and asked for him to leave. And Denver informed her that my god would not allow me to leave her in any danger. So Denver started trying to break in the door and failed miserably. Denver ended up taking more damage than the door. And the other players pulled him off and apologised for him. It was hilarious. Um, He then included some artwork in there as well. There he is. Um, There's that cheeky grin. (laughs) This artwork... I mean... It looks like it was drawn on MS Paint, but I don't want to be rude about it because it looks like he's obviously taken a lot of time to draw this. Yeah, I like the hat. When was... Yeah, he's wearing sort of like a Federer <laughs> and then like paladin armour. <laughs> but then he's... I done like a sort of like swirly background it's using like a the, mutant wasteland or Using something. the spray paint tool on yeah. MS Paint. Very right. good. Well right. done. Okay, and our next, uh, our next letter's coming from Manuel Sams, and he says, How can Iron Brew be so disgusting and yet so delicious at the same time? Nobody knows, but well, it is. Well, he, he came to visit England recently, yeah. and I got him a bottle of first I, time, Iron Brew. First time, was it? Brew. Oh, was it his first time? I think it was his second time okay. visiting the UK, but I, it's the first time he's had Iron Brew. Wow. Now, for those that don't know, Iron Brew is a Scottish soft drink, and he said that it tasted like some bubblegum that he used to have when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, just distilled into a drink, I guess. Which, Iron Brew. When you put it that way, it's kind of disgusting. But Iron Brew's awesome, Manuel, because it outsells Coke 3 to 1, and Coca-Cola tried to buy them, and they refused. So, yeah. Go on. Yeah, go on, sounds made out of girders, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, anyway, uh, he says, In World of Darkness, if you got bit, what clan would you be? First edition, what they now call the classic World of Darkness, I believe, and why. Okay, cool, so... That's a very good question. That is a good question. I would most definitely go for Tremere because they have Thaumaturgy, which is rad as fuck. And I like them. I thought I thought they were pretty cool. I think the history behind them was pretty rad. Um, how they had all that... that That's what I played, wasn't it, in our game? Was it? I think I was Tremere. Oh, yeah, you were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you had Blood Snipe. Yeah, Blood Snipe. <laughs> um, I can't even remember what that was called now. Oh, it's Theft of Vitae, where you, could, yeah, where you could take people's blood from a distance. Mm-hmm. Blood Snipe. And we had a house rule where we made it 100 metres instead of 50. Yep. <laughs> that was brilliant. <laughs> but you could see the origin of the attack. Yeah, I would totally go Tremere. I love them. Um, I played a Tremere last time, so I think I'll go Macau- a Malkavian this time, because I like the crazy... Yeah, but this has it. to be in real life. Oh, in real life. Oh, blimey. Okay. In real... Oh, I forgot bit in real life. Uh, yeah, that's still going to be Malkavian, why not? Fair enough. <laughs> but he, he follows up by saying, a character I enjoyed a lot back in the day, as in about 20 years ago, was from our Star Wars D6 game. He was a smuggler named Christy, and I played him as a cross of Christy from Alien 4 mm-hmm. and Han Solo. He was the archetypical Corellian smuggler, just with a lot more booze. <laughs> His drink of choice was Takari. Yes, I ripped off tequila for Star Wars. <laughs> Smoking and swearing. He met his end when one of the other characters fired on a Star Destroyer. 
At that time, we didn't even have contraband on board, so he thought it would just be a chill encounter, maybe getting pushed around by some stormtroopers, but nothing seriously bad. So when Kay declared my character opens fire on the Star Destroyer with our turbo lasers, that took us by surprise. Turns out he was wanted by the Empire for being a runaway cyborg experiment. <laughs> As you can imagine, we lasted about half a combat turn after his opening salvo. Up to this day, I still love to tease Kay with how he killed Christy, a character I had played for years at that time. Oh, oh that's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's always annoying, when, especially when your character's death. Sometimes when you have a character that you play for a long time, mm-hmm. and then you do something dumb that gets them killed. You're really angry with yourself, aren't you? Yeah, but when it's somebody else's fault? Oh, oh mate. I love the fact that he says he likes to tease him. I would just be straight up not talking to that guy anymore. Yeah. Yeah, he would have been blocked from my phone a long time ago. Yeah, exactly. Man, <laughs> that guy, I would kill him in real life. Yeah, you kill Christy. You, no. you kill Christy, I kill you You now. Yeah, you that's, die. How, that's how it works. Exactly. Okay, next letter's coming from uh, James the Pumpkin Clark. He, and he says, Cuba Bottom Mouth. From Call of Cthulhu. It was, a, um, it was the first tabletop RPG in a long time that I was playing, and with some new faces too, of which I now class as some of my closest friends. Thank you very much. The campaign itself was amazing. Well done, H. And it's been and it's been spoken about at length before, so I won't go into detail. I got a 99 proficiency uh, with my rifle, which was amaze balls. He had a wicked, cool, old man, posh English accent as well. Just overall, I think this campaign will resonate me with, with me forever, as it came to real life friendships and fond memories. In and out of game, in an in and out of game. Max, uh, Mad Max scene on whilst poised on the back of a truck sniping at a copter as well. Oh yeah, do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, so um, this, it was pretty cool because James's character became so good with rifles just miss, over the course basically. of... Yeah, because it was, it, was, yeah, it was the course of two campaigns yeah, basically. Because right. we played uh, we ended one long campaign mm-hmm. in Call of Cthulhu and then with the same characters started up another one. Gatewayed into Pathfinder didn't we? Exactly yeah. and this um, the second campaign uh, which took place in sort of a, a dystopian future yep. um, kind of his character, yeah, had become very good at rifles. I mean, he wasn't like the deepest character in, in the world, but he was one that was sort of like close to us because he was he was just a, a like a bumbling posh old guy, basically. Yeah. He's, but he's he was always drunk and <laughs> that was basically yeah. the character. But he was in brilliant. Nutshell. But yeah. like, I, 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 he was he was really cool because he, he had his place in the party as being mm-hmm. like the comedy relief, and he was often getting people out of situations just by being a bumbling fuck because yep. he could create confusion. <laughs> like you remember, like you go into a place yeah. and as soon as the discussion started getting into fighting talk, he'd be like, <laughs> and then that would be like that would be it. Everyone would just be like confused and they'd be like right let's get out of here guys <laughs> yeah. and then he uh, as well yeah I mean it was pretty cool it's it's it was pretty cool that he got so good with his rifle as well mm. like when he was on the back of this this truck they were fleeing through the desert being chased by a helicopter and he was sniping the helicopter oh man like, yeah half cop to half bug type creature thing it was really cool yeah, and, was awesome. and I think like James had said it was his first character in a long time and I think it was one where he he kind of um, did did a very good job because he didn't know anything about Call of Cthulhu and he nope. just he was watching Downton Abbey at the time and I think he just decided to, <laughs> like I'm just going to make a posh and it was rich our first guy. ever game wasn't it where we all met yeah exactly so it was a very very mm-hmm. um, fun character that, that really that. really stuck with that group and yeah. and really had his place in that group and I I loved him yeah he was mm-hmm. an absolute classic me too so yeah genius. thank you very much Jim's 
Thank you, James. Next one comes in from Terry Hansen. He says, My favourite character was in a vampire LARP. He was a Nosferatu elder named Warren D. Montague. Or is it Warren D. Montague? D. Montague, yeah. <laughs> he was supposed to be a Toreador, but was vengeance embraced by a Nos. He had maxed out presence and would throw around majesty all the time. He was filthy rich and an amazing sculptor. I had a baby blue three-piece suit and a fuzzy blue bathrobe I made into a trench coat. <laughs> oh yeah, because this was a LARP, so LARP, he would have had to do that in real life. Yep. <laughs> Very nice. I took the lame floor, so he got around the Warrens in an all-terrain sewer jazzy. What the fuck does that mean? I don't know. What's a sewer jazzy? I don't know. Because uh, Nosferatu tend to live in the sewers, yeah. right? So is a sewer jazzy something that people use to get around sewers? All-terrain Ma- sewer jazzy. Maybe it's something that people, like workers, use to get around the sewers. Oh, okay, yeah, possibly. I don't know. Terry, let us know what that means, mate. Sewer jazzy. His art form was grotesque and morbid marble statues. He would showcase his art in Elysium and delight in Toreador's becoming entranced in his masterful obscenities. I loved playing the standard foolish fop character that when he was down in the sewers, he was a cruel, sadistic, powerful, hungry manipulator. <laughs> that sounds awesome. That sounds really awesome. And the fact that he, he, he got to go to these LARPs wearing a fucking bathrobe. I mean, that's just... <laughs> I think that he, he made that character based on the fact that he wanted to just be comfortable. And be out in his bathrobe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was just like... Um, like turning up to this thing in his bathrobe people would be like Terry you've just come here you've just got out of the bath haven't you and he was like no this is my character's I'm outfit here, it's, a, it's a trench coat duh uh, duh idiot <laughs> and I'm like Terry are you wearing anything underneath that and he's like yes uh, pride <laughs> I like it nice one Tell. if we ever meet you must show us that bathrobe <laughs> <laughs> or not actually well maybe not yeah um, next one's in from Patrick Greenlaw hello Hello. Um, and he says, as for my favourite character, a high school game I was in that a friend's dad ran in his basement, a gamer's man cave, if ever there was one. I played a half elf thief acrobat magic user. Well, that's, we a, had... that's a mashup if I've ever seen. <laughs> yep. We had a new player in the group playing a paladin, and he was pissing everyone off at the table. During the third session with this player, while he, we slept around the campfire, I snuck up to the paladin and assassinated yes, him. Yes, get Yay. him. This drew a large argument, but the DM ruled that since I was chaotic neutral I played it true not just to be an ass. and I saw how the paladin's actions put us in more danger than normal twice I could reason I could reasonably kill the paladin reasoning that it would increase the rest of the parties and my survival I also stole sa- several magic items and about 40 platinum pieces the player quit that night, which was my plan, admittedly. Back oh, yeah. when I was 16, I was a vindictive. Sh- I, I had a vindictive streak, especially in-game. My problem with the character came when I was also stealing from the rest of the group and got caught. The confrontation led to a nasty battle, which ended up with me and our cleric dead. The cleric was a good friend of mine, so while he was upset, he figured it was worth it in seeing my character die as well. He created a new cleric, and I created a new halfling thief. Chaotic good this time. They did not want me to play Chaotic Neutral anymore. <laughs> Fair enough. That's really, that's really amazing. That's I love funny. the fact that he, he was like, he was had they had this big argument where he was trying to reason that, that he killed that guy for the good of the party, and then he was like, but then it got worse because I mean, robbing him is definitely for the good of the party. Isn't no, it? but then they caught him robbing off all the other players as <laughs> well. So it's like, it's like, well, this is also for the good of the party. Ignore this. Like this is. Fine. I want these gold pieces for us. Yeah, yeah. I want these. Uh, I'm stealing off the rest of the party for the for the good of the party because I think that they got too much money. And they were like, get him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so funny. Brilliant. Thank you, Peter. Yeah, Patrick. Patrick, even. Oh, Thank, you, Thank you, Peter. <laughs> Thank you very much, Patrick. 
Greenlaw. Frank, Peter Greenlaw there. Peter Greenlaw there. What a guy. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Brilliant. So, so if your RPG maps comes in, this, uh, she says, I played a little girl in 50 Fathoms. She was cursed and couldn't speak to anyone, so she found a way around it and spoke to everyone else through her little doll. Cool. I heard about this one before. I think Gary might have told me about it, but that's a really, really cool idea. I like that. That's really I love cool. it. So she must have just sort of... I don't know if she whispered into it and then and then went, The doll says fuck you! <laughs> or it doesn't if, like you! Or if the doll actually spoke. But either way, that's creepy. Or maybe she had like, learnt the art of ventriloquism and like had cut a little like flap in the doll's mouth and was just like... Well, either way, it's creepy as fuck <laughs> oh, yeah, and awesome. Really I like that brilliant. a lot. Thank you very um, much, Sylvia. Yeah, thank you very much for that. That's a really, really cool character idea. I think I nicked it. Yes, I did. In um, Vampire. Oh, of course. My uh, my sire. Yes, yeah, so I did hear about this before. And in Vampire, one of the sires, Elizabeth, mm-hmm. she... Spoke to a little doll. Spoke to a little doll mm-hmm. and often spoke through it when yeah. she was delivering awkward information. It wasn't quite the same, but mm-hmm. I, did, I was inspired by that idea. Nice. So whenever she was delivering awkward information, she, she'd be like professional and normal. And then whenever she was saying something like... she. she blood what is that yes my doll she thinks you are a cunt <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course i don't agree with her she says she has her ways i'm sorry <laughs> yeah um so the next one comes in from tony fanning aka darth asmodeus and he says favorite character of all time my titan juicer for rifts actually a former dog boy saint bernard <laughs> titan juicer i wish i knew what any of this meant <laughs> gm was running at MDC characters only rule at the time. What's MDC? Don't know. Don't know either. <laughs> right, oh God, this is a confusing email. And I really liked my old liberated dog boy Bruno, so we compromised. His death was a classic juicer, live fast, die hard death, and a story of legend in my gaming group. But it's a rather long story, but a good one. So the party is on Phase World, and we are trying to set up a meeting with a contact offering to sell us a lead on a villain we had chased there from Atlantis. When said villain sets up an ambush for us on the 138th floor of a hotel slash casino, we are literally caught with our pants down, changing into fancy dinner clothes for the meeting. A heated firefight ensues. The fight starts to go south quickly, and odds are leaning heavily into the villain's favour, as we are no match for his newly hired Kriegor mercenaries, <laughs> and the Borg and I are already lugging two of our bleeding, dying comrades, and we are slowly being herded into a dead end. Then the Borg takes a major hit, and he too goes down. It is then that I decided today is my day. Was pretty sure it was coming soon anyway, as the GM had informed me to start making my next character soon. <laughs> That's never good. Oh dear. So I pull the GM aside and explain what I want to do. He gives me the thumbs up and I go for it. Tossing my last two fusion grenades down the hall, I grab my entire party up in my enormous arms and leap out of a shattered window. On the way down, I manage to spot an oncoming hover truck and miraculously I successfully toss all my friends into a safe and slightly painful landing in its bed. My GM has one of them wake long enough to see old Bruno smiling and waving to him as he plummets to his big splat below. (laughs) That party has lost a lot of people over the two year span of the campaign, but whenever they went to a bar, they always drank to Bruno first. Nice. I miss playing that big, dumb, lovable maniac. That's brilliant. So he just got them all in his big arms, burst out of a window, slung them into a flying hover ship, and then was like, see ya! (laughs) Just (laughs) flew through the sky and spat. Awesome. Fell to the ground in a big dog boy mess. Riff sounds mental. I need to play it. Uh, yeah, it does sound alright. 
it was like a lot of the words there I didn't get. He's like, I was up, up in the hotel room and then a bunch of kaflaga flags came in and <laughs> I juice booms and I had to quickly bulb my way out of that shiznab and then I was flying towards the floor and a quick and a Spagorgian hover truck was flying by and I and I busted my way out of there. Quickly snap wop. <laughs> exactly but that, that was a very cool story nonetheless thank you very much next one's in from Matt Stark and he said I heard you guys like to pretend you're mutant animals like kitty cats and puppy dogs so tell me all about Gen Lab Alpha have you played it yet it doesn't sound like something I'd be interested in but if you can convince me maybe I'll try it out um, well first of all I know that Matt owns Tales from the Loop he's got Tales from the Loop so, so if you know how to play that first of all that's your dice system yeah. you'll know how to play this so that's that's one thing second of all yeah it's bloody wicked yeah, you would love it's it. not just like playing an animal you are a mutated human animal hybrid so think of it more along the lines and it's got a hell of a lot of personality man mm-hmm. a hell of a lot you the totally brilliant. Pick it up. but we're going to do an, a full episode on yeah. it I did message him to say, <coughs> say this so the thing is uh, yeah listen out for that because because the the fact of the matter is, is you're gonna yeah you're gonna hear that soon. And you got yeah, yeah I think you'll love it, Matt. It's very very good. But if if, if again if um, if the animals ain't your ain't your cup of tea, you've got the mutant humans, you've got Mechatron coming, and finally you'll have pure humans, which is the last book coming apparently. So, yeah, so, very cool. Uh, I, I would check it out. Yeah. Next up, we got a question in from Zovia. I decided mm-hmm. to separate them out. So this is a question from her. Yeah. She says, I have very specific ideas about my character. And most of the time, the rules of the game aren't flexible enough to make it happen. Do you allow bending of the rules to make unique characters? And if so, what? And how do you allow it? I don't think in any system we've ever really come up against that, where, where characters wanted to make something so specific the rules couldn't allow for it. No, I mean, we I, I played a schizophrenic alien once and we had to look at the rules a little bit closer, didn't well, we, Well, we, we had to sort of make up a rule for that because they yeah. did have... They did have rules in GURPS um, for bipolar and things like this, yeah. where you, and split personality. Uh-huh. But the way that works is is it kind of like you just had, um, you just had like one personality, and you switch to another personality, where you just sort of have a different personality, but it didn't actually affect your charisma mm. score. It didn't affect this, that, and the other. And I didn't really like that. No. Whereas the way you wanted to do it was a, a really effectively a cartoon way, almost like um, you know the mask or something like this, mm-hmm. where when he switched to his other personality, he became capable, mm-hmm. strong, yeah, and it. things like this. Yeah. But when he was his uh, um, uh, normal personality, he was... Um, pathetic, really, really, yeah, he was pathetic, but better at talking, better but, at science. Yeah, exactly, and, that's and, it. And things like this. So, yeah, we kind of made something up. So we had two different character that's sheets, yeah. and some abilities would only activate when... Depending he, on what kind of uh, mind he was in, wasn't it? Yeah. Exactly. So for that, yeah, I'd say we bent the rules, because that's not yeah. something that the, the game actually... wasn't game-breaking, though. It just gave my character's... Uh, um, idea more uh, flesh to it really didn't it I would so. say that I would always 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 try to try to come up with something to allow somebody to play what they want to play absolutely someone's got a grand idea as long as it's not going to um, I think affect other players and as long as it's not too too out of the box wacky like if, if for example I'm playing um you know, a dungeon called Classics, and the yeah. person says I want to be a, a, a dinosaur, then I'm like, well, go fuck yourself. Another like, so I want to be a teapot. Yeah, but for example, um, with the talking through the doll thing or something like yep. this, maybe I would bend the rules and say, even though there's no no, no rules for it, we'd in house the book, rule it. Uh, yeah, we'd house rule it and mm-hmm. be like, let's say, for instance, you wanted to play a spellcaster, well, it, and you we were playing Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. Technically, spells have a verbal component, but I would be like, 
well, that could be the remarkable thing about your character that you're able to cast spells even though your your doll is the one talking. Yeah. So it's like people don't know how you do it, and that's why that's your character is remarkable. Yeah, so yes, awesome. that I would bend the rules in that way. Absolutely. Um, yeah. because it's fun. Uh, to, it has positive impact on the game, doesn't it? It's exactly. Like or, it's fun, or negative. Or, like, or so negative. Maybe but... some wizards would try to try to capture you, or maybe people would find you remarkable. Like that sort of thing. Yeah, I think I would. Um, mm, in a, in in a hundred percent of the cases, as long as the idea is good. Exactly. <laughs> if exactly. it's crap, if it's crap, I go. I, I go. Maybe don't don't do that, mate. But yeah, maybe you, should get up you know what? I, I, I would <laughs> yeah. try. I would try. Is what I'm saying. Absolutely. Yeah. You it, try it, your hardest to see and try and accommodate for it. Exactly. Yeah. He, Eric Lamoureux comes in with a question. He says, "Do you GMs standing up or sitting down?" Uh, I tend I tend to sit down. So do I. But James um, James has just got Anthony's pants though. James always stands up because sits down. Walks no, but that, <laughs> that's because he's um, got a bad diet and he's always farting. But the thing is, um, I have, well, at, love you, James. at Shake On, yeah, love you, James. Um, at Shake On, most of the GMs did it standing up. Oh, really? And I've been inspired. I wanted to. St- I want a GM standing I up. It makes it more kind of. Um, you take more note, don't you? When sort of standing up, and it's easier good. to lean over and move the minis about and stuff. Yeah, and more hand gestures. You can be a bit more. And people um, were chucking bennies to people. Hey, have a penny, motherfucker. Benny boy. So like. I really liked it. I'm thinking I'm going to try to stand, GM stand standing up, up more nice. often. I, I, I thought it was more I cinematic. I stand up a little bit. If I'm doing quite a dramatic part or you're, you know, you're getting right into the character when they're talking and stuff, it's quite good to stand up sometimes. I didn't think anybody did it, to be honest with you. I thought that was just something you saw in films where they're trying to yeah. trying to do D, like D&D but don't understand it. But now we've learned. So, yeah. Stand up. Next up, uh, we got one from Zach oh Jenkins. Boy. Oh, boy. Oh, dear. Paro- he's been paroled. He's been paroled. He's sent us a bloody email. Nick, you want to read this I one? I do, yes. Uh, Zach says, I played a Goliath fighter for the D&D module Princes of the Apocalypse. I, being the min-maxer I am, made him uh, to be insanely OP. Then the first lieutenant we kill is the water one, and I get this completely epic trident <laughs> drown. So after that, a level 5 or 6 barbarian was critting with a weapon that did 1d8 piercing and 1d8 cold plus a plus 5 strength modifier I would hit for 15 to 20 damage with every attack (laughs) my DM actually had to buff every enemy with more health on top of all that I would abuse the shit out of my athletics and acrobat proficiencies and do insanely unhealthy and dangerous things including at one point jumping from a griffin to the back of a (laughs) to the back of a manticore after killing the manticore I rolled a natural 20 to jump off the back into uh, back onto the griffin saving a fellow player in the process he was a big strong kind of dumb and didn't play well with others but god damn it it was if it wasn't the most fun character I've ever played (laughs) that sounds fun I mean imagine being that GM and you just uh, every encounter you come up with and this guy's just like I hit with drown and then it's just like he dead now he died big damage the DM's like okay in this cave you can see this do you want what strategy do you come up with what's the marching order and they're just like yeah Goliath fighter goes up first and then he's just like I hit with drown that strategy <laughs> the, the wizard's like yeah ow. Uh, ow, yes. ow. Uh, I was going to use burning hands but seeing as you've just made them into a goblin kebab I will just leave it I will just leave it there mm, okay onward I hit with drown <laughs> goodbye <laughs> oh that's awesome thank, thank you very much Zach hope the uh, free life is treating well. We've got a question for here from somebody that asked us to uh, remain anonymous. So they say, um, we all know some systems character creation can be pretty time consuming. 
I think my first Pathfinder character held the record time for me uh, like 10 hours. What whoa, the fuck were you whoa. doing? <laughs> to be fair, if you want to think about it that much, you know, fair Why enough. Yeah. 10 hours, bloody hell. hell, yeah. Um, maybe, maybe they were just, maybe it was like not 10 hours continuously. Maybe they did five minutes, went down the shop for nine and a half hours. <laughs> And then came back in another yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah. Have you ever spent a lot of time creating a character for a specific game, then the game never runs for whatever reason? If so, do you hold on to the character in the hopes that you will get to play her sooner or later? In my case, that would be my French Air Force General for Twilight 2013. Yeah, um, I've done. I've created characters for games that I've never played, mm-hmm. one shots and things like this. Um, I remember I created a bunch of um, characters for a D&D 4th edition game that I spent months making that never got played. Oh, mate. Um, I know that my brother created a character for that very game mm-hmm. that never got played. Oh. Um, I made a Deadlands character for you once that never oh, got yeah. used. But I keep I kept them simply I because... I keep all my characters. Yeah. Every so single character you, I've ever created. Have you ever done that? You've made a character I've, for um, I think I think I might have done before, um, but I still keep it. I really hope that this person who spent 10 hours on the character, I hope that one got used. Yeah, me too. I hope it's been recycled somewhere. If it's 10 hours, you know, you're... I mean, you're that's still... a lot of work. Yeah. Imagine if it died on the first session. <laughs> I say hello... Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get splattered by you, a dinosaur. You, and a, a, a big um, Goliath fighter comes up. <laughs> with, uh, yeah, you're... followed by a juice boy bloody... Yeah, <laughs> juice boy some grenades. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, I think that's happened to plenty of people because it will just like fizzle out or, or maybe somebody's like started up a campaign. They've got the, the highest intentions to doing it. Mm-hmm. I remember when I started my first Call of Cthulhu campaign yeah. and I invited a bunch of people because this always used to happen where I'd, I'd start up a campaign or, or and, and I'd invite four people mm-hmm. because I want four people to play the game yeah. and then loads of people would inevitably not not do it mm-hmm. and then I'll just be like well this time I'm going to invite loads of people so I invited like 20 people and then <laughs> yeah. all of them said yes and, and I ended up <laughs> creating a lot of characters for people who, who just um, I was just like I can't do this so yeah. I ended up having to cancel the event and just invite specific people oh, instead because I was just like well I can't do this so was that of, how our first game materialised yeah nice. so a lot of characters got made that never got used on the cutting, cutting room floor Absolute shithead. Who's this? Who's this? It's Richard Walcock. Here he is. First of all, I'd like to say thank you so much for the dice, Rich. I really, really liked my little goblin dice. Yes, he sent us some Saga of the Goblin Horde dice. Yes. If you want those, well, you can't get them. (laughs) 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 We got them. Well, thank you very much for those, man. Yes, thank you, Rich. Um, He says, I hope I'm not too late to the party. There's a couple of characters I'd like to mention. The first was a war- no, I'm not going to do this voice. The first was a warlock in Rollmaster. He was named Zadmar. That's where I got my handle from. Ah, ah that explains the name of his website. Yep. Warlocks are spellcasters who specialise in curses and body alterations. All right, mate. Patronising. <laughs> They're not supposed to be good at physical combat, but Rollmaster allows you to raise any skills you like with your class with your class determining the cost. I paid through the nose to make Zadmar as good at fighting as possible, and he used his magic to toughen his body. His favourite combat tactic was to cast a jumping spell, firing himself at enemies like a missile. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and he was so tough that he usually recovered first, allowing him to finish off his enemies while they were stunned. Oh, bloody hell. The second character was a caitiff in Vampire the Dark Ages. He was designed as a combat monster, but I had always had amazing runs of bad luck with him. 
On one occasion I rolled five ones while charging some enemies in a castle. My character's spear hit a wall and snapped and he staked himself on the broken end. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Rolling down the staircase to land at the feet of an enemy. Eventually I had to retire him after his legs got bitten off by an umbral crocodile and an oracle of life who agreed to help after he called in a major favour botched her healing role causing one of my character's arms to vanish as well. What a nightmare. We had one arm. He was just a nugget. <laughs> I had to retire him after he became a nugget. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, what's the character's name? That doesn't say. Is it, yeah. well, let's just call oh, him. oh no, it's just a cut a caitiff. Which leads onto a question for you. What are your most memorable critical failures slash botches? Oh, Doctor Twist, man, that's got to be a big one. Doctor Twist was uh, was uh, was quite a, uh, an amazing one. We won't go into the backstory that much because we spoke about it yeah. on our How to Create Good Characters mm-hmm. podcast, which was episode, episode two, I believe. No, no, it's like episode four. Something like that. Doesn't yeah. matter. Go anyway, look it up. go check it out. Point is, is that Doctor Twist, um, he was the sh- most short-lived character we've ever had in mm-hmm. an RPG because mm-hmm. what happened was, is that he was alive for five minutes in the game. Um, he literally said. Um, yeah, I there was a the bomb door. about to go off, and he said, I shut the door, right, not realising that he was still on the inside of the house where the bomb was about to go off, and then he said, um, okay, I'm going to roll agility to get out of there. He rolled a one, and then I said, okay, right, you've got three seconds, I'm going to allow you to try one more time, and then he rolled, and it, no, it was, this was GURP, so he, yeah. he rolled another triple one, so he rolled two critical failures in yeah. a row, and then boom, house blows up, God. he's inside. <laughs> I mean, there was no two ways about it. I couldn't be nice and say, oh yeah, but, you know, this, or but, you know, you were saved because of... Uh, no, no, door blew off. There was no... There was a burnt carcass well, left. Was big enough to blow up a house, it blew <laughs> exactly. up a man. It blew know? up Dr. Twist. He recently in Gen Lab, I had pretty good, bad run of luck, didn't I? Because oh, mate, I was fighting yeah. one of these fucking moonlight butterfly things no, psionic butterfly oh no it was a, no, a sniper bug it was a sniper bug I was fighting a sniper bug and we were trying to roll move because you can escape combat mm-hmm. using move and I was trying to do that could not get out of there could you? I couldn't get out of there James's character um, Boris he was out of there like a shot I was stood there <laughs> I tried move this thing just kept catching up to me so yeah. literally he catches up I try to run. He All catches up. Yeah. I try to run. Oh, it was just this big long chase scene, and then in the end, I decided to try and fight it. I try to hit it. I miss. I try to hit it. I miss. I try to hit it. I miss. I'm just like, well, what can I do? Six, so in the sucked. end, basically, it's like like five minutes of me in combat with this thing. James's character Boris is sit, sitting in the woods by himself, having run away, and he's like, "Where the hell is he?" And then he's just like, "Okay, let's go. I get to go back. He's Pick like, him up." He's like, "I guess I better go back then." And then he go, he just like turns around, comes back. In into the combat and sorts out you out yeah, yeah. exactly so it was awful oh man that was a bad run but yeah that really really good load of questions there guys yeah, um, massive, absolutely massive amount this time lovely yeah loved all of the um, character stories some absolutely great characters Mm-hmm. Um, of all of them I've got to say I really like Dog Boy he was oh, cool oh man yeah me too and I really liked the uh, posh orc as well the picture is amazing that's really funny I, I like the um, I like the sound of the of Zadmar the uh, the bullet warlock missile that's genius <laughs> yeah it's just like boing <laughs> imagine that bursting through a door coming at you <laughs> genius Brilliant. thank you so much for all the letters uh, keep, do keep them coming in we uh, absolutely love them so what do you guys think happened One of the players Robbie played with got carried away and killed him. Well, that's kind of far out. Mazes and Monsters is a far-out game. Swords, poison, spells, battles, maiming, killing... Hey, it's all imagination. Is it? Yes, definitely. 
I'll be talking to you. All right. See you later. So, uh, that brings us to the end of the episode. And, of course, uh, we need to break you off some contact details because yep. I haven't been doing that in any episodes. Oh, dear. We forgot to do it for, like, five episodes. Have we really? Yeah. So, we'll see. Okay, so if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email us, which is uh, tabletoptwats at gmail.com. Or what about Facebook? You can get in contact with us on Facebook at yep. that is uh, forward slash tabletop T. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have not allowed twats on there. Also, Twitter is at tabletop twats. And uh, we've also it. got uh, no, and then pop over to the Nerds International on Google Plus, which is where it's all going on as well. And don't go near Tumblr; it's weird. Exactly. And we've retired that shit. So um, yeah, we also want to mention a couple of the other guys on the Nerds International group. Uh, that is the Dragons Toolbox, uh, run by uh, Stefan Dragonspawn, and Thoughts of a Barbarian, run by Matt Stark. These mm-hmm. are two great blogs all about RPGs that you can go and read right now with plenty of back articles if you haven't already read them. Yeah, so I especially do... liked Matt's stuff on Tales from the Loop, actually. It got me right into Yes, yeah, very, very, very good. good. So go and, go and read those now or or don't if you don't want to, but I'd recommend that you do. I think you should, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we, are, we also wanted to make a little announcement. Uh, Nick and I have a hey, baby. No, <laughs> Uh, we wanted to make a little announcement because pretty soon we're going to have a permanent third host on the show, right? In it. Right. Yep. So we're going to tease that now. We're expanding. That's the tease. That's the right. tease. That's all we're saying. It's going to be someone that you know, someone that you've seen before on this show, and that's it. We're expanding. Yep. We're going to tease it, we're and we're going to do a live Q and A on Discord soon with him. Yeah, to see if he or her. He can or her hold up to our amazing fans, so we're going to sling him in on a Discord Q and A, or see how he gets on, or him or her, yeah. and uh, yeah, hopefully our listeners uh, will like him, it alive, <laughs> yeah, or her, <laughs> or her, him, it. Uh, but yeah, more coming soon. That's all we're saying at the moment. But um, watch this space for that. Uh, exciting. So obviously, before we go, we like to give you some mind food, you know, a thought to ponder on before the next. Yeah, um, it's ep- like a it's like a treat for the brain, isn't it? Exactly, and this will keep you keep you going until keep the you next switched on, keep exactly. you engaged. Yep, until the next episode comes out, so that you're not bored. Mm-hmm. Um, and this week's uh, thought of the week is going to be, you know, when Windows says it's checking for a solution to the problem, mm-hmm. has it ever found a solution to the problem? Oh. And with that, that leaves one final thing to be said. One final thing, one yoke of the universe that actually combines us all into one person. One person that if we actually um, concentrate our brains enough, we can connect with each other and we can find in each other's thoughts and dig into them. And unlock you know, our true potential. Exactly. And when you unlock that true potential, it will, it will not be a collection of words. It will be a symbol. But that symbol, when translated into words, back into English, will actually read thusly. Chicken McBosh Wonga How long have they been practicing in there? Shut up Oh, this is taking ages been what? Two weeks now? They must be ready to go up to the mountain and play against the rock god and show him their practice. But you have to remember, he was pretty bad. Yes, I suppose. Come on, any minute now. Oh, oh, good, good session, good session.
My wrists are really hurting now, I must say. Well, that was, no, don't, that sounds bad if you just come out of a room saying that. No, I've been drumming yeah, it sounded, real hard. That sounded pretty gay. Really banging it. Yeah, you see what I mean? Uh, I see. It sounded, yeah, you know, it sounded pretty masturbatory. Yeah, exactly. So, I was just trying to say that I've been really trying hard on my um, banging and bashing. Yeah, with the, you're playing the drums. Exactly. Why don't you just say things how you mean it, man? Well, I'm an artist now. I want to be unusual. Okay, fair enough. So, Corpse Mangler, I think we're ready to go up the mountain and to defeat the rock god in a rock battle or whatever. We're going to rock his pants off. Well, you know you've got to get all that band equipment up the mountain, don't you? Uh, what? You know, I said you know you've got to get all that band equipment up a mountain, don't you? No, I heard you. I meant what is in what the hell are you talking about? Drums, guitars, everything up a mountain. But oh god, and the amp as well. I well, you, you're gonna need it to make the sound come out. Well, exactly, Nigel. And there's only three of us. All this band equipment. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. Maybe it won't be that bad. Uh, but look at the mountain. It's massive, and there's snow all over it. Ah, oh, come on, man. And Keep that wind. Keep your spirits high, it won't be that bad. Uh, am I just the only one that's a bit worried? Uh, fine. Don't worry, it'll be fine. Oh god! What did I say? Nigel, Nigel, is that a polar bear? I, I, oh, I can't I'm see! My eyes are frozen closed! Oh god, oh god, uh, I can't even feel my testicles. I told you Nigel, this would be a nightmare! Nigel, can you take my check my testicles? But now's not the time, Harrison! Fuck the testicles! I'm gonna die! Oh, oh my god, I think I've got frostbite! <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's so cold. 